What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And there's so many people, they want to demonize technology and social media. That's not the real this, that, or the third. No, it actually is. Yeah. Using your mind is always the real work. Exactly. Creating creative agency so that you can develop strategy so that you can mm-hmm. win this war while whatever means necessary. Any means necessary. When, when Malcolm X said it, he ain't just mean standing by the window with a gun right. looking out the blinds <laughs> waiting for the enemy to come kill him in his own home. Yeah. He meant utilizing all the resources, time, and energy that you have in order to change reality. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there's too many people. People, they be there comfortable with the tool. You become a comfort corrupt. Right. You develop this ideology in who you are, and you don't want to continue to increase. And when you see somebody doing it a different way, yeah. oh, they ain't doing it like me. No, man, that's soft. That's yeah. weak. No, fool, what they doing is they figuring out that any means necessary. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we gonna, gonna use get. technology, we gonna use AI, we gonna use blockchain. Yeah. If we got to, we use crypto. We use the enemy. We gonna use everything because we gotta get to some freedom. I appreciate my pops for teaching me how to be a guy. From a boy to a man, and ultimately back into the natural state of being into a guy. As guys, we're supposed to always move with that higher self. And I had to be able to execute it. Having knowledge is not power. The execution of knowledge is power. Knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. Because the only real knowledge you can get is knowledge of self. Peace family, 19 Keys, welcome back to another high level conversation. Today, oh, we are joined back with a three-time hitter. This is uh, the first we have somebody on the show three times. We've done a live show and of course we have an episode where we've had multiple discussions on different topics, um, ranging all the way up into 5.5 million views. Uh, one of the highest viewed conversations on you know any black media channel. Um, so I'm very proud of that. But it was important that we did a follow-up because when we sit down and we build personally amongst ourselves, we have conversations that I believe can change and alter reality. And it alters reality just by provoking thought, by enhancing our perspectives and viewpoints of the world, by allowing us to think outside the mainstream ideas that they throw at us through their constant emergence through media and influence and the tactics that they have because of the strategy to be able to take the minds of the people and manipulate the attention. So 
As we sit down today, we're going to have a very powerful conversation, not only about the mind, right? Specifically the codes of the mind, because when we talk about social constructs and we understand the way that reality has been constructed for us, it has been purposely detailed to control a people. And those people are you. It is not to make you a shepherd, it is to make you a sheep. Now, if we want to get away from the land of sheep where we follow and go in any direction that we're herded into, then that means that we have to learn to develop that self-awareness, those mental codes, how to project ourselves into the highest field of reality, and how to silence that weak monkey mind so that we can tap into the God mind. Today, I'm tapped in with one of the greatest thinkers of our time. He can go on any subject from theology, philosophy, psychology, from astronomy, to artificial intelligence, to spirituality, and I can continue to go down the list. So I'm honored to be here with our three-time esteemed guest, high-level alumni, Mr. Billy Carson. Hey, man. Thank you. I appreciate yes, it, sir. brother. Good to be back. Yes, sir. Thank you. Oh, you're a regular on here yeah, now, man. man. <laughs> I was telling him before the episode, you get to lead this one. Once you're once you here three times, you can lead the conversation. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into, first I want to start with alchemy. Yeah. I want to start with alchemy because I was studying alchemy and uh, I discovered that, you know, alchemy can be traced back, of course, to Africa, mm -hmm. right? And the word alchemy coming from Kamishia, which comes from the Arabs, right, which is just northern Africa um, when they talk about it, but it can also be traced back to, you know, Egypt mm -hmm. or what was known as, you know, Kemet, yes. right? And this word is subtracted from, right? ancient Kemet, mm -hmm. right? Kimia or the land of blacks, yeah. right? Being able to utilize that soil and, you know, that part of the soil not being the barren, but the productive soil that can be utilized mm -hmm. for the people, for growth, for agriculture, yeah. right? When you, even when we talk about, you know, alchemy, which a lot of people think about the transmutational process from like lead to gold or it's physical, but in those times it was speaking really on the mind. Yes. Right? And... That process of psychology was taken from that alchemical thought process, mm -hmm. right? Of the transmutation of thoughts into reality, right? right? And the different <laughs> levels of the mind. And then it was turned into psychology, right? But I was just thinking about the fact that it started from, you know, because the roots always matter. Because yeah. the roots produce the fruits. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we think about a lot of us study the fruit knowledge, yeah. we don't study root knowledge. When you study root knowledge, it allows you to examine a thing. Right. And have a deeper understanding of it from its layer and its core base mm -hmm. versus the fruit can be manipulated. Right. Right. So when we're talking about alchemy and we talk about the mind and, you know, that can be traced back to even to Hootie, Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and it can be traced back to. You know, one of your great subjects, when we talk about the different scrolls and we talk about, you know, the emerald tablets. Right. But I want to I want to get a concept of mm -hmm. alchemy from a mental perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. How can one take the substance of the toxicity of their environment, yeah. the negative and the positive. Right. And how can they turn that into something that is productive and valuable. Right. That's a great question because alchemy, chem is in there, the word chem is in there, 
it is talked about in the Animal Tablets. Mm -hmm. And we know that Thoth, a.k.a. Tehuti, Tehuti, Jehudi, many names, obviously, out of Africa, uh, was one of the very first people in, in what we would call recorded tablet history mm -hmm. to bring to people the knowledge of alchemy, not only through minerals and elements, but also through the mind. Mm. And his main goal was to bring darkness to light. That was the first part of the mind, the mental alchemy. And in the comedic principles, he talks about the first principle is mentalism. Mm -hmm. It's all, the, the universe is all mind. And he comes to a people that he called hairy barbarians because, not because they were really hairy and barbarians, but because they had fallen to just a state of low consciousness after a, a worldwide flood, according to the Animal Tablets. And they had lost all their technology. They had become more savage. Uh, they lost their civilization, their, you know, their civility. Yeah. And he wanted to bring it back to here, to the mind. And so what he did was he began to teach them this alchemy of the mind. All is mental. He came with the, with the principles first, right? And showing somebody that your environment, this, you know, making somebody aware of the state of their environment is the most important thing. Because a lot of people are operating within a current environment that is toxic that is low vibration or low frequency, but they don't even know it. Mm. They can't even recognize it because they're inside of it. It's like they're fully immersed in it until someone from the outside or something from the outside comes in and enlightens them, makes them aware of their surroundings and aware of the situation that they're currently in. Then and only then can their mind be then directed to the situation to focus on it and make them realize, oh, this is what's happening right now. I'm immersed in this toxic plume mm -hmm. you see and so if you look even like at the story of the garden of eden it's a similar type of a story again where the, the snake shows up which is really Enki, and begins to drop the conscious knowledge on adam and eve right and then all of a sudden they become aware that oh we're not animals mm. so just like adam and eve in their situation in the garden where you know they were unaware of their surroundings they were unaware that they were higher level beings they thought they were animals. Mm. They were walking around naked. They were in these mating areas where they were only forced to mate at certain times of the day. And this is according to Sumerian tablets. This information was carried over into the biblical text until Ea Enki, a.k.a. the snake, came and dropped the knowledge. If you notice that the snake in ancient Egypt always signifies wisdom and knowledge and information and consciousness, it's not a snake that's coming to bite you on the leg or nothing mm -hmm. like that, right? They turned it into a low vibration uh, thing to take you away from understanding a higher level of what the, the serpent really is. So the serpent shows up and drops the knowledge on them, and then they become aware. Oh, wait a minute, we're naked. Oh, we're not animals. Oh, we're being treated as slaves and animals, and we're in like this experiment. And so when Yahweh, a.k.a. Enlil, returns back to the garden and sees that they have awoken, they now put clothes on, they understand who they are, they're beginning to see that the situation that they're in, they're being taken advantage of, they become awakened. This is according to that text. Same thing, so Thoth shows up and he sees these people in that low state, that low frequency, and he enlightens them. Now, people who are out here in inner cities, or even in your, you could be in a mansion and still be in a toxic situation, you can't see it. When the word comes to enlighten you and make you aware of your situation, now awareness has come to that part of the brain. If you were to connect that person to an EEG, you would be able to see that, that a certain part of the brain is now lit up and begins sparking. Why is it sparking? That's the alchemy. Alchemy happening inside of the brain. Mm. It's an alchemical process occurring in real time through neural synapses. And the brain now, is neurons are beginning to rewire themselves. 
and reorganize themselves to bring total awareness and consciousness to your current situation so that you can make a choice to make a change. It's still a choice. You don't have to make the change, but it's up to you to decide whether you will make a change and put action behind it or let it stay as it is. I was in a severe car accident when I was in my early 20s. I was ejected through a windshield. That's why this eye has this, uh, you know, this scar over it, right? Mm-hmm. The scar in this, but this one, this eyelid came completely off. That's why it looks like this. Mm. It's a starburst incision. They had to retake skin and put a, you know, I had, I had no eyelid. But I had a brain injury. And so this brain injury started causing me a lot of problems. I had a hole in the back of my brain and two big giant dents on my brain on the top which caused me to lose my ability to navigate. Like I, could, I would get lost in elevators, lost in my house, lost in my community. I would get lost at the airport. I was getting lost everywhere, walking outside the mall for hours looking for my car. Now, I didn't associate this problem with the car accident. This started you know, developing over time. Finally, it got so bad that I went to a doctor. I went to Dr. Um, Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a psychologist and the number one uh, brain scan doctor in the world. He did a spec scan of my brain. What happened was me seeing the damaged parts of my brain and then him telling me what those parts control in my life brought awareness Mm. to the damage. Right. One part of the healing, he told me, one part of the healing was just awareness of the actual injury itself Mm. would begin to let the brain begin to alchemically rewrite itself. Just awareness. Yes. So the secret behind psych- psychological alchemy is to help people bring help you, you know, bring awareness to people about the current situation that they're in. Because once they become aware and they accept that they've now been enlightened to the point where they can see it. In other words, they've elevated here and they can look back down and see what they're in. They've separated themselves from their thoughts because they begin to realize I'm not my thoughts. I'm the observer of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then the alchemy can begin to work in their life. I like that because... Being able to separate from your own trauma. Yeah. Right? The idea of being able to time travel and mm-hmm. unravel your own past. Yeah. Right? There are markers within our past to where there are, there's emotional uh, damage that's done. Mm-hmm. And there's this concept in psychology where you go back and you rescue the child. Right. Right? And rescuing the child is an idea that, like, let's say between the ages of one to seven, Mm -hmm. during a time where the child doesn't have his own consciousness, if it goes through something that is an adverse experience, right, they're not going to have capable awareness or understanding. Right. So that emotion can be left and imprinted amongst them. Right. Mm -hmm. Children who suffer through sexual trauma or physical trauma or violence. Right. Or just have seen and experienced things, have been told something about themselves Mm -hmm. and they were left with a feeling. And the idea is you go back and you reparent that child and you rescue them from that situation and that hurt. Because as we become adults, we start to build up personas around that child. But that moment is still stuck with you. It can become physical, right? But it never leaves until you go back and you say, wait a minute. At this moment, you didn't get enough love, Mm -hmm. right? So you go back and then you give yourself the love that you needed. And now you can pick that child up. And now there's no longer operating from a place of reaction from not getting that love. Because 80% of the emotions that we feel, right, they're not our present emotions, Mm -hmm. right? There are compounds of emotions from the past. So we're constantly feeling and operating the past, right? And so the reversing that trajectory is having a fixed pattern and a target fixation towards the future, Mm -hmm. right? But 
feeling from an outer perspective, an exterior perspective, like I can feel my skin, mm-hmm. right? This puts you in the moment, right? Right, because you you uh, you can't go back right. into your mind at that moment. You yeah. you're stuck here, tasking right here. So mm-hmm. having fixed tasks that are keep you present, and then from that moment that I'm present, yeah. now I'm projecting and becoming future oriented, right. saying, okay, this is what I can expect. Things are not as bad as I thought. Things can be better. Mm-hmm. So it takes you out of that past thought, projects you into a future thought yeah. where everything is okay. Right. Because the idea of stress is that the future is already doomed. Mm-hmm. Right? But the reality is the future is clear. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that is negative has ever happened in the future yet. Nope. Right? The future, it, it can be 100,000% the most beautiful world we ever live in. Mm-hmm. Depends on what you're projecting into your next circumstance. But when we're coming from the past, we're projecting that past onto what's going to happen next. But yep. It never has to be. And this is where we get to disassociate from the person that we were, the person that we are, the person that we're going to be. Mm-hmm. So these are three different timelines. But when we integrate the past, instead of saying that that's what I went through, that's not who I am. Yeah. Right. And I think we have too much identity in, you know, our past situations, specifically mm-hmm. in trauma, because Unfortunately, you know, when you think about people who have, a, a, let's say, a failure mindset, they don't have the ability to be like the winners who think about the times in life where they've won the most. Right. They think about the times in life where they lost the most. Exactly. So therefore, they're fixated on their loss. So when they think about the future, they're taking the, all those emotions that they felt and they're projecting it on it. Mm-hmm. So now you don't feel good about the future. Mm-hmm. And all the decisions you make are from the past as well. Yeah. Because the emotions are from the past. So when you was hurt, you're still eating to cover up that pain. Mm-hmm. Instead of dealing with that pain, you're numbing yourself through coping mechanisms. Yeah. So being able to take that energy and understanding that when you talk about that chem, that chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. That, 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 that chem or that black, right? But that land of blacks, you know, we're talking with some of the Moorish brothers and they know by black by definition may right. mean dead. Mm-hmm. But when you go back to ancient Kemet, Right. It was the opposite. It yeah. was talking about life. It was life because they was talking about that part of that soil. Mm-hmm. Right. That was actually the, the most productive and useful part. The most abundant soil exactly. on the planet. And think about that transmutational process when you're talking about the ability to be able to go through struggle. Mm-hmm. But all you're doing is taking an abundant amount of energy mm-hmm. and converting that for whatever you want. Right. And that's the beauty of trauma, because trauma can be. It has two effects that it can happen to us. It can be the worst thing that ever happened or the best thing. That's right. Yeah. By the, the worst thing that ever happened because we don't heal through it, we don't process it, mm-hmm. and we start to self-implode. Yeah. Right? There's this, uh, there, I seen a uh, video of a snake, and it was eating his own tail. Mm. And that snake starts to eat his own tail when it doesn't have food, when it's in too close of an environment, when it's mm-hmm. in the lowest state possible. Right? And it practices self-cannibalism. Yeah. We see this happening in the neighborhoods of North America. All day long. Right? We eat our own tail. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we cannibalize in our own neighborhood. Yeah. Right? We destroy ourselves. We self-destruct. Yeah. So trauma can have you start to do that versus the type of good trauma. Mm-hmm. That good trauma says, you know, the way you take it in, the way you alchemize it, right, I've been through this thing, and maybe the only way I can ever survive 
is it that I go so far past anybody being able to do this to me again, mm -hmm. right? Which develops you to create this overachiever mentality. Maybe I'll only be loved if I overachieve. Right. Maybe I'll only be safe is if I overachieve. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll only be appreciated if I overachieve or rewarded. So then you start to project your work ethic, your attitude, your means of doing things. Mm -hmm. And now you've become this overachiever in life. Right. That has actually produced your success mm -hmm. from thinking about, I never want to be in that circumstance again. And I got to say something. I don't want to interrupt you, but this is exactly the situation that I found myself in. Mm. Go, growing up in Miami, being born in Queens, right out here in New York, right? Coming down to Miami at, at the age of seven and going to Opelaka, which is uh, unincorporated Dade County in an area where it was so bad. It's even worse than it is now. Mm. Worse now than it was when I was there. Yes. And uh, it had a triangle around the city. The triangle was to keep the crime on the inside. Coming home and seeing people murdered in, in the street and seeing the... Remember when they used to put the white chalk line? Yeah. They don't do that no more. But they used to put the white chalk line and seeing the blood on the, on the, tar, on the tarmac or on the, on the pavement. And, um, and, you know, seeing people getting stabbed, getting robbed, going away to school by crossing guards. This yeah. was my life growing up in, in, in Miami. Uh, my father was a drug addict and alcoholic, and it, it just, it, it was so dark. We had no money. I would eat Cairo syrup and toast, mm. matzo crackers and butter most of the time, unless a neighbor gave us some food or we got some food donations. Or sometimes my dad would go to the grocery store and dent cans up because they would give you a discount at the grocery store if the, if the can was dented instead of 69 cents. Yeah, yeah. Like 10 cents. For the can, right? What was a, it was a movie they used to do that. They'd <laughs> go in there and throw the can down so oh, that they man, could get really? a discount. Oh, I forget it's a move. Somebody even in the comments. And so, but when I went to Dr. Amon, he scanned, he did a spec scan. He saw a diamond pattern on the spec scan on the top of my mm. head. That's called a trauma pattern. Any psychiatrist, when they see that pattern in a scan, they know this person's been through severe trauma. He read me like a book. He said, you've been through severe trauma. But he said, I didn't develop PTSD. I developed PTG. And mm. I said, what's that? He said, post-traumatic growth. Mm. So alchemically, what happened with me was the situation I was in, I wanted out so bad. I wanted out. I, well, I wanted out so bad. I went door to door selling my toys, door to door. And I got money in my hands. And I realized, wow, I can make it out of here if I take action and do, you know, if I make a conscious decision and take action, I can make money. I can find a way out. I made it a goal to get out, but that PTG, not taking the victim mentality, where people get caught up in the trauma uh, pattern, is they take the, the, the victim mentality. Everything is someone else's fault why I'm in this situation. It's this person's fault. It's the man's fault. It's this. I can't do this because this and this and that. And they did this to me. And, they, and, and when you do that, you lock yourself in a trauma pattern versus a person that says, okay, this happened to me. I took a hit. Is that all you got? Let me show you what I'm going to do next. I remember my third grade teacher told me, you know, she had everybody in the class stand up and say what you want to be, you know, mm -hmm. when you grow up. And she told me, uh, well, I told her that I wanted to be famous and be on TV. Everybody else was saying things like, you know, a, uh, a garbage man, a doctor, a nurse, you know, the basic stuff, a postman. I jumped up. I want to be on TV. I want to be famous. And she, she laughed and said, Billy, you never be famous. Look where you come from. You're too poor. Damn. You know, now it hurt me. <laughs> it hurt bad because everybody in the class started laughing at me. Yeah. Like like heavy laughter, right? Deep chuckles. And I sat down. I cried. I ain't going to lie. But I made it my I dedicated my life's passion to finding a way to do that. And I wish, you know, she was still alive. There, I, I would send her a TV every single week. 
with my network on it, so you can see my face. But, <laughs> but you see, but you see how that drove me though. Yeah. That created a version of alchemy in me with the PTG, where I became an overachiever. Mm. I started digging into books. Encyclopedia Britannica was my best friend. I told my mother, "Don't buy me any more toys. Buy me schematic sets." Uh, you know, this is like you go to Radio Shack and you get the schematic boards and the soldering kits and LED lights so you can make all these things and, you know, electronics. Buy me that kind of stuff. Buy me books. And that's all she bought me was electronic stuff, experimental science stuff and books is all I wanted. Encyclopedia salesman came to the house and dropped off a whole set of encyclopedias and mm. he never came back. And I had the whole set. And nobody had to pay for it. And I dove into those books. This is before cell phones, pagers, the Internet, you know, social media. None of this stuff existed, obviously. Four channels on TV back then, right? Uh, and you're lucky if you had a color TV. Yeah. This is the 70s. Uh, but I became a completely glued to this information and I dove into it. I wanted to find a way, any way I could, to change my situation. And to me, that was the escape route, knowledge and information. But again, it's that over what you said, that overachieving mindset. And I started putting everything in place from back then, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get good grades. I'm going to be successful. I'm, everything I do is going to be at the best level, the highest level I can possibly do it. I'm going to show everyone how good I can be. And it, but it worked. You know? And so, but that's another form of alchemy that a person can say, well, instead of PTSD, it's the PTG. Focus on how can I take this L as a learning opportunity, not an L for a loss. Climb and build on top of that. And when that situation comes up again... Don't make the same mistake. Mm. Find a way around it. Find a way through it. Find a way over it. Get some help and assistance and then move on. So, you know, that's that's what I wanted to add to that, because this what you were saying was so, so real. And it is potent because it happened to me. Mm -hmm. No, that's key, man. I think that's super powerful just to think about, in essence, that if we can change the attitudes towards trauma Mm -hmm. in our communities, if we can change the attitude towards our history, yeah, right, we no longer develop a victim mindset, mm. right, and instead we become our own heroes because we find meaning in the pain, right, right, and I believe that that's the process where you flip it, right, as above so below, but you can switch that up in the sense to where you say, wait a minute, I went through this because maybe I'm nothing, mm-hmm. right? Some people feel shame, yeah. right? Maybe you're nothing, or maybe I did something wrong. Or maybe it's to prepare me, mm-hmm. right? It's that third option. You can live in the binary, you get two choices, or yeah. you could be on that trinary. Maybe there's another option. Mm-hmm. And you got to go above those first two because you're really just going to ping pong back the same ideas, just opposite. Yeah. But in that trinary thought process or quinary or finary or whatever it may be, you're giving yourself more options on the possibilities. Yeah. Right, and the further you go out, the further you're coming from this negative thought first, mm-hmm. because yeah. the mind wants to survive. Yeah. Right, so it teaches and gives us, and it applies the closest meaning and idea that we can figure out. And then when we want to thrive, and say, "Wait a minute, I want something a little more comfortable. That thought don't sit well with me. Right. I want to think again and come up with something better." Mm. Then it say, "Maybe it was this reason." Then it say, "That's cool, but maybe I want something better now. I want luxury." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want just that comfortable thought. I think this happened because I'm destined for greatness. That's it. Right? Well, another person said, ah, you know, maybe this is just my luck. No. Yeah. Go further out from that base monkey mind thought. Yeah. Go further out. And that's where you find that thought that's at like Maslow's pyramid of actualization yeah. to where you believe everything is happening for your benefit, exactly. not your detriment. 
Yeah. Right? And this has been one of the chief mindsets that people are trying to figure out in the world when we talk to people that we consider to be significant or great. How did you become who you are? Mm -hmm. So we try to find the moments in their life. Yeah. Tell me what happened, right? Yeah. There's a story narrative that's built up when you talk about a person. Yeah. You know, there's a tragedy, there's a moment of reflection, mm -hmm. right? There's a hero's tale that right. people have in their story. So we follow that same campaign of hero's tale. But what we're not talking about is the alchemical process underneath that. Mm. Because you're talking about the result, right, of an effect, but you're not talking about the process right. of how they got to that result. And the process says that, okay... The reason I got here, y'all might not believe this, and I tell people all the time because I believe that I was a God because my parents taught me that, but what mm. they did was they gave me, you know, a, uh, a tool, right? They gave me this stone, this transmutation stone mm. where I can turn anything from pain into power. I love it. Because then I would say, well, what would God do? Mm -hmm. So all of these things had to be happening in my favor. Yeah. And all I had to do was figure out how. That's it. So that means that nothing, nothing I ever been through was particularly bad, mm -hmm. right? Everything was necessary. Yeah. So just by changing the wording and the definitions, you change the energy and the connotation. So now I feel differently about it. Mm -hmm. Because most of what we do and what we go through is all about how we felt about it. That's it. Perception is not reality. Yeah. We say that a lot. But, and it can be. Perception can manipulate reality specifically in your inner world, mm -hmm. right? But your outer world, reality is reality, yeah. right? Now, I say that in the sense to where, let's say you're sitting at home um, and you relax and you're chilling, right? And for some reason, you perceive that you have money in your bank account that mm -hmm. you don't. Mm -hmm. And if you go call that bank <laughs> and they say, listen, man, you know, I think I got a million in this account. Yeah. Is that reality? <laughs> no. Nigga, get off. Well, <laughs> no if you're, you're the reason why all the banks is closing. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, you ain't got that money. I don't yeah. know why you perceive that. You know what I'm saying? Somebody could have tricked you yeah. and sent you a screenshot and said, check your account. Right, right. And they changed your perception of it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that's that, reality. Doesn't mean it's reality. We have to confirm reality, and, yeah. and observers confirm through reality through observation, mm -hmm. right? Scientists confirm it through test, yeah. right? Like something like, you know, you can trust but verify, yeah. right? And this is how you become masters of your reality mm -hmm. because then once you know what it is, you become aware of the circumstance. I would rather know the truth that there's no money in my account yeah. versus the perception that I have all this money because mm -hmm. now I'm not going to do the thing to get the money in the account. Right. So the awareness is the gift that you get from exactly. the world. Right. And so whether there's self-awareness or there's world awareness mm -hmm. or it's reality mm -hmm. awareness. Yeah. Because we're now dealing with this world where somebody took that statement. You know, you can be anything you want to be too far. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I'm talking about. They took that statement too far. You know what I'm saying? So now people is really saying I'm a horse. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People have. I know. They can put anything on the side of their identity and identify as. Right. My question becomes is like, all right, what part of this a person is practicing maybe alchemy? Right. Maybe they want to transform <laughs> themselves into something different that right. they're not, right? Yeah. And then what part of it is detrimental to the human psyche because it's disillusioned 
and the world is not going to help them. Mm -hmm. The world is not going to give them medicine. The world is not going to come up with some psychological profile for them, so to, to diagnose them, to give them the medicine that they need. Right. No, it's going to say, respect your choices mm -hmm. and your ideas, right? Because how many years, you know, Caucasians didn't think that they were racist? Right. They still don't, most of them. Right. So, you know, they, they thought that they were good people, and... Mm -hmm. You know, we were three-fifths of the human being, right. and they were doing a good service. There was yeah. a lot of people who were in that disillusion, yeah. right? And really nobody would, it. and it was illegal to even think about diagnosing them with racism, right? Right. But we found out that the whole time, slavery was bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all was evil and you was racist. Yeah. I think everybody could admit that. Mm -hmm. Whether there's a mass psychosis effect that was happening, because yeah. a lot of Caucasians use this idea to where well everybody was doing it, so it was okay. Right. You know that's a mass psychosis that's of mass everybody psychosis. being evil. That's just like the same thing Hitler did. Right. You know. So it's like, what if somebody came and told you all, which there were people, you know what I'm saying? John Brown was a white man that was telling yeah. other whites that, bro, look at the Bible. Slavery yeah. says this stuff is wrong. Y'all ain't listening to him. Right. So you had to go against, right? Somebody trying to give you the truth, mm -hmm. and then you have to still come through with your thought process to say yeah. you're right. right. And that same thing is happening today, mm -hmm. just different forms of slavery. Yeah, absolutely. It's being compounded on this in so many ways, and the best slave is a person that doesn't even think that they're a slave. Yes. And we can't see it because we're fully immersed in it, so a lot of people, it eludes them. Mm. You know, uh, people will comment on certain things that I post about a class or a workshop I got or coming on to my tour to come see me speak or something. And, you know, this famous thing, they'll say, you know, knowledge should be free, you know? Mm. Well, I, you know, I, you got to say, Who well... Who told them that, though? That's what I'm saying. Who told them that? Every time I look back at ancient philosophers and the greatest teachers and the sages, there's always an energy exchange. There's always a sacrifice of energy. Right. Money itself is nothing but an instrument that connects to Jeff Bezos ain't believe that. He created Amazon Books. Thank, thank you. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. it made billions of dollars. <laughs> hey, exactly. And so you look at it, you look at him and you say, you know, well, like you say, your perception, you know, is not your reality. I told a guy today, I said, well, I, I tell you what, this phone you're using to gain knowledge, you think you're gaining knowledge for free through this phone. Right. But if I speak to you and I don't charge you any money, but don't pay the phone bill and then come back in 30 days to my and see if you can find my account. Can right. you even log on to the Internet in 30 right. days if you don't pay this bill? Right. You're paying for the knowledge no matter what. But people's perception, they just they just can't see that there's so many matrices on top of us. We got the education matrix. We got the financial matrix. We got the prison matrix. Right. We got the poly tricksters matrix. We got all these matrices on top of us that we have fully colluded with we are in full collusion with the foolishness of the prisoners and so what's happened is the human beings have become the prisoners and the prison guards mm. and we can't even see it so we we're, we're locked here we're locked up here through these matrices and then also when somebody tries to escape the matrix we become the guard and try to stop them from leaving right and we don't want them to leave this prison they got to stay in here with us and so that's the mindset that a lot of people have and but you know fortunately work that you've done, work that I've done, and many other people have done, is beginning to let people see their current situation and understand that, oh, no, there is a way out of this. I don't have to stay here with the rest of these prisoners. I don't have to be a prison guard. I can be something else. I can escape this whole thing. I can go, like you say, the third, the fourth, the fifth. I can think in a totally different way. I can see a whole different future that doesn't even exist inside this matrix and escape it 
just by bringing awareness to where I'm at, what I'm doing, and what I truly feel for myself, what I truly desire for myself. Not what the masses desire, what I personally desire. You know how hard they try to stop us from getting right here? You know how many of us had to die? You know how many of us done taught, done bled, done stood on these stages, done marched, done got beat down, done been hanged, done been lynched? We done fought for the right to read, to give knowledge to our people, to resurrect the dead. But we here. You came here because you recognize something is wrong in the world. If we create new culture, we create new values, we create new systems, we give ourselves new options. Being a God is about being able to take the self-power that we have, the self-knowledge that we have, and take the thoughts that is inside of us and enjoy life by bringing them into reality. We play God when we come together, right? Not while we apart. Oh. Tonight was very good. I'm happy that I paid for that. I suggest anybody that has the money, come out, pay for that VIP. Are we at our highest level or our lowest level? We at our highest level or our lowest level? Highest level. Well, let's see it in our actions on a daily basis. Build with your family, go to war, and take over the planet Earth. The highest level tour is, you know, it's, it's a moment in, in history that we get to think about and relish in and be a part of. This is me proving my thought leadership. This is me implementing the ideas and reinvigorating the spirit that we're going to need to win the future right now. You know, the thing about free and the connection to that word free, the question becomes is, do you believe the word free means value? Right. Right? Because in reality, we think about free is cheap mm. in society. Things that are free or cheap don't really have value. Right. Right? And so we don't mind paying for things that are really cheap in reality, right? But they're branded to be valuable. Mm -hmm. So we will pay for them in that manner. Because of the way they made us feel. Yeah. But for me, self-improvement makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Right? So I don't mind paying for it. But right. the idea that knowledge was ever free is, has never been true. Never. Students, to become masters at things, had to study for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Right? Everybody didn't even have access to knowledge I and know. information. You were adept right? initiates. And when you talk about even like war strategies, you couldn't get that. You couldn't even pay for it, matter of fact. No. You had to be a certain branch of society to even get access to that information mm -hmm. because of how it can be used. Yeah. So certain information was never disseminated amongst the masses. We're living in the first time in the period of ever mm -hmm. that all information is at the fingertips of everyone and everyone gets to decide what they want to do with that information. That's right. This is the first time ever. Yeah. Information and knowledge has never been accessible, mm -hmm. let alone free. Yeah. Right? You had to go through stages of initiation. Right. Look at what the Masons do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They make people go through stages of initiation. They make them pay tithes and dues. Mm -hmm. Even when you go to church, you know what I'm saying? You gotta pay tips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. where yeah. where has knowledge ever been free? Never. Right? So you have to appreciate the time we live in because you actually do have access to free knowledge. A lot of it. But instead of spending your free time on that knowledge, you spend your time complaining about somebody who won't give it to you. So yeah. it becomes your excuse of why you're not learning. Exactly. When in reality, that's not your obstacle. Right. Because, listen, that's like somebody, you get mad that you can't hop in somebody's pool mm -hmm. when there's an ocean in your backyard. Boom. 
Go hop in the ocean. Yeah. How you mad you don't get access to this pool? This yeah. person built this pool. Yeah. And they said it's off limits to just them, their friends, or whoever pays. Right. Go take your ass into the ocean <laughs> of knowledge and go learn. Yeah. But what you want is you don't just want the knowledge. Yeah. You want the work that they put in. You want how they constructed it. Mm -hmm. You want the you want their process of transmutation. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You want the time, the energy, the effort, the resources that they've put into taking this knowledge and making it consumable mm -hmm. because they created a product. Yeah. Right? But you trying to trick them whom you're not smarter than, right? Right? <laughs> to make them believe that they should give it to you for free and they should feel bad about themselves. So it's a process of deception. Yeah. So you playing the trickster to try to get someone out of something that mm -hmm. is valuable. Yeah. But see, when you're smart, you don't allow people to play that game no. with you. I don't allow people to play you that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. You know, the the poor righteous teacher was never even about money. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it, it was about that the fact that the world is never going to, you know, be your benefactor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That you you always have to get it out the mud. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have to create your own. No, so, you know, that poor righteous teacher was never about monetary. It was about mm -hmm. being of the world, really. Yeah. Right? And so being a rich righteous teacher is saying that I get to create my own world. Being rich and righteous to me is about... You know, enriching one's mind, taking yeah. the resources of your reality and transmuting that to determine your own uh, uh, um, reality, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, if I'm rich, right, then I have resources. Mm -hmm. Those resources is time, energy, and money, yep. right? If I'm righteous, then I have moral guidance, mm -hmm. right? So what I'm going to do with my time, energy, and money is going to be of good. Yeah. So I'm going to create a good social impact, when I practice capitalism or entrepreneurship, it's social capitalism, mm -hmm. it's social entrepreneurship because right. it is guided by my values and my principles, exactly. my ethics and my morals, mm -hmm. right? And so we're entering into this new phase, this Aquarian age, where you get to be guided and the world has shifted from, you know, treating people like whatever, getting it out to just, you know, like capitalism in a sense that you don't have to treat people like human beings to empathy being one of the most important right uh, uh, sentiments of our time yeah right connecting with people mm -hmm. right this has now become one of the better ways because the collective emotion has now shifted right right we're no longer in that survival phase anymore that's over now that we've got out of this is what people really got to appreciate like think about some of the mass issues today mm. right you're not starving yeah right you're not dehydrated no right <laughs> The, the issues that we're starting with today is currency wars, mm -hmm. right? It's artificial intelligence, right? right? It's social media, mm -hmm. right? It's all of these huge things that are really problems of the first world, yeah. right? And so when we, when we think about the fact that, yes, we are made to survive, so human beings, your mind goes negative, mm -hmm. right? To keep reminding you of the threats and the target that you should yeah. be perceiving. Right. So most of 80% of our thoughts are negative. Automatic. And then you're supposed to push back on that and alter that perception. So you have to practice constant transmutation mm -hmm. because your mind is keep telling you, hey, something might be around the corner. Hey, I don't know if I trust this person. Hey, I don't like that. Right. Hey, you might go broke. And you got to remind mind, like, relax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, why you keep telling me about Fight this? Fight or flight mode. Exactly. So we think of like, it's like the issues that people talk about today is like toxic positivity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We talk about men wanting to become women and men, well, women wanting to become men mm -hmm. and women making too much money and men not understanding them and gender wars. And it's like, look at what human beings do once they get their freedoms. Right. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. y'all getting all this money. You got all this access to resource technology and the democratization of luxury yeah. to where you actually live in one of the highest level lifestyles of human beings ever in existence. Yeah. Right? But now we complain about the most mundane, distracting things on the planet Earth. Yes. And I this agree. keeps us from going higher. Yeah. And so those people that are smarter, they get annoyed by like, is you crazy? I know. It's like you having a spoiled child in your house. And they complaining about things, and they got access to 99% more than the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. That's what the world is today. They're yeah. spoiled. Right. It's not a lack of things. You have too much things. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's too much of abundance and also too much information. Mm -hmm. And people are taking in so much information at such a high pace, but they can't process it. They don't yeah. take any time to process it. We're at the point now with this civilization where people want to get a full college education off of a one-minute reel or clip. Ooh, you said it. They want one minute. They want to see me speak for one minute, and they want that information to be everything that they base their whole perception yeah. of reality on. TikTok reels. Yeah, TikTok reels. And I keep trying to tell people, you can't go by this one minute and think you know everything now. You don't know anything. Nope. That was just the scrapings of the top of the iceberg. The iceberg is massive right. below the ocean. You got to go deep. You got to go get some knowledge. I said enough key phrases and key words in there for you to go dig, go get the books, go get the knowledge, go do the research on those topics and go deeper into them and really, really let it sink in. And then take some time to marinate, meditate on it for a while. And then when you get, wrap your mind around it, move on to the next thing. Right. But people want to just scroll, scroll, scroll. And at the end of the day, they feel like I scroll for three hours. I know everything. Now. Right. No, you don't know nothing. Yeah. You, you, and here's the thing, you're going to lose 90% of what you scroll. Yeah. It's only at the forefront of your brain for maybe a few weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, and then what happens is if you ask somebody, ask you a question, if you can get recall on that, you can't. Yeah. Because the same thing with language. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly use that language, otherwise you use it, lose That's it. Right. Same thing with knowledge. If you're not using it, it gets stored somewhere in the back. Like, yeah. the same thing with clothes you don't wear. They're not at the forefront of your closet. They're stored <laughs> in the back. Then they might go in boxes. Yep. Then those boxes might go in garage. Then eventually they might go to the thrift store. That's right. They're far from accessible to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what you have to do is constantly use information and execute on it. Yeah. So speaking of, I want to actually give solutions and action steps with this. Yeah. Right. Because it's like one thing I, I was taught that and, and the tactic that I learned when you have an abundance of people who are jealous of you, help them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. Because when you make it past a certain point, people start to look at you a certain way. Yeah. You prompt jealousy. You prompt their own fears, their own anxieties about themselves. Reflection of themselves. Right. But it's like, you know, even getting to this point where we are today. Right. You are a world now you know, leader and speaker and researcher and entrepreneur and multi-hyphenate, I can keep going, right? Same as myself. But what this can happen is it makes people think like they don't deserve to be there. <laughs> and the reason yeah. what people think is they think that specifically melanated intelligence has success has to be orchestrated by the devil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That there's no way that you could have started from your traumas and your situations, mm -hmm. redefined your life, alchemized your situation, transmuted all your thoughts, 
worked on a consistent and daily basis, yep. disciplined yourself, found your focus, found your niche, increased your strengths and your skills, mm -hmm. networked, built relationships, and done all these things organically, even though the world is against you. Yep. There's no way that could have happened. It had to be the devil. Yeah. So we think that by proxy, melanated success is the work of the devil, mm -hmm. right? So anytime any one of us reaches a pinnacle right? Then we automatically have to find a flaw. We have to find an issue. We have to figure out what's the scandal, what's the scam, what's the yeah. twist. Yeah. And that's because we don't really believe in God. Yeah. See, if you believe in God, when you see the success of your brother, oh, he must be tapped in with God. That's it. But when we see the success of our brother, we say he tapped in with the devil. Yeah. Right. And so this is the thought process that is mismanaged in our society because and it's the most unfortunate one, mm -hmm. because now you believe that in order for you to be successful, you got to work with the devil. So now you're demonizing yep. right your next level. Yeah. You're demonizing even going to high levels yep. because you're fearful of it. Mm -hmm. Right. But here's the reality of it. We put in the work. We put the work in, man. Like, the amount of time that I spend researching, right? I pick up a topic. Yeah. I might study it through a book. Then I might take reference and I might study it through YouTube. Yeah. I might listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. I might ask questions from a peer. Yeah. I might have to go back and re-research, mm -hmm. right? Understand the words, the definitions. Yeah. I might practice it in conversation yeah. to see if it's hard-hitting, to see if it actually makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Before I even present it to the public as a concept that can be yeah. utilized. Oh, yeah. Average person, I just picked it up. And I said it. Yeah. Then, before I even do that, I might practice communication. Mm -hmm. I might study tonality, right? I might study peace, speech pathology, yeah. right? I want to understand the way I think internally. Right. So when I'm using these words, I'm not just speaking from a monotone because I know that if you do this, then eventually <laughs> the mind, the brain already knows what's going to come and it's going to fall asleep. Yeah. So you have to have inflection points. You got to get loud sometimes. Yeah. But these small tactics, these are what allowed me to be successful yeah. that the average person is not picking up. Yeah. It's the hacks. So then I learned the networking. Mm -hmm. When I meet people, oh no, I'm not asking nothing the first time I meet you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I might have to know, I got to build that relationship. Gotcha. And people don't have the patience. So you're building that relationship. Then, okay, I learned about our perception, it fails us a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Our ideas. We look at this corporation, they evil. Whoa, you telling me everybody working in this corporation inherently <laughs> evil and they go home and think about evil plots to take over the world and kill you? No, that's not how it works. Yeah. There's somebody that's just like you yeah. that needed a job. They got into that corporation. They understand the culture of it mm -hmm. and the reputation of it, and they want to be the change. Yeah. So what we do is we find and connect with those people, mm -hmm. right? They then are trying to work from the inside out. That culture understands that it does need change. The world has now changed to an mm -hmm. empathetic society, millennial X, Y, and Z, yep. right? And so they say, okay, we'll hire you to see if you can get something done. They reach out to 19 Keys. They mm -hmm. reach out to Billy Carson, right? right? And the person like, how you get that? Was that the devil or was that somebody there working to try to change the inside? That's yeah. actually God because That's they're trying to do goodwill. That's right. So we're working with these people in these different situations then, okay, well, how do you get the newspaper? Well, I do PR. Mm -hmm. We put out, we, my PR agent goes and finds people. This is what most people are not doing. Not but doing everybody it. wants to get to these levels. But when I learned it, I stepped in these rooms and I understood that my perception from outside is different than my perception on the inside. Right. I realized there's a culture of connectivity and these are just people. Mm -hmm. These people may go with the culture and the influence, yes, yeah. and that culture may not always be the best. Right. And so it requires people to come in there and shake up the leaves. Mm -hmm. And anytime I go to a place, I change the environment and they start figuring out, how can I work with keys? Yeah. 
how can I make this That's work? That's exactly how it happens. But people don't know how to play the game to change the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I play the game to change the game. Yeah. I see the rules and I want to rewrite them. Most people just want to fit in. Yes. So you want to settle in and fit in and be, feel like I'm on part of something. Yeah. Versus, you know, when I go, go into a room, I expect that I'm walking in with power and authority. I expect that people are going to respect me, that people are going to see the energy inside of me. Mm-hmm. I expect that there's going to be opportunities that are going to unfold right before my very eyes mm-hmm. when I walk into that room. And I'm going to be able to network and create new opportunities. Uh, and, and like you say, it's the uh, people who, who understand the hacks, you know, understanding how to speak, understanding how to gain, gra- grab the attention of the, of the masses, Right. And so one thing I noticed about you, which I got to give you, man, uh, you know, I got to give you, 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 you know, your flowers. When I first did the first interview with you, you said you understand me about 10,989 <laughs> times. Did I? <laughs> I mean, but we, we talking about growth now. Yes, sir. But look now here, how many podcasts you in? I don't know, 40, 50, 100, somewhere in that range yeah. or whatever. Right. But you worked. See, where the, mo- the average person sees a little bit of success and they settle right on, I'm comfortable mm-hmm. in here. Look how good I'm doing. But you went and you did some work. You worked on yourself. You worked on your mind. And it's evident of the work that you did because now that voice, that broadcast that's coming out is 10 times stronger than the first time I actually met you, mm-hmm. which was in Burbank, California. Then the second time dealing with you at, your, at the podcast about a year ago, uh, it was actually a year ago today almost actually, believe uh-huh. it or not. Yeah. And I had just come back from Colombia that time. I just yeah. came back from Colombia last week. Yeah. Then I'm here again. So we're yeah. in these loops. And now I'm on tour. And now you're on tour. And, but your voice, but see, it's the evidence of the inner work. Most people just want to settle in and fit in. If they get the littlest bit of success, the slightest bit of success, they oh, I made it. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable here. Comfort corrupt is what we call it. Yes. See, so you broke through that and said, no, there's another level to this. There's another level to this. And that's what I do. I the work on levels. Level. The highest level. And, you know, Thoth in the Animal Tablets, he says the highest knowledge is unutterable. Mm. That's how. So we got so many levels to go, you know. And so people got to understand that. Keep working on yourself. And I love seeing when people work on it. When I was a basketball coach and I coached the U.S. Junior Olympics, AAU, USSA, I did very well in that sport, women's basketball. And I could see a player come in that just had the hunger and the thirst that wasn't even close as good as some of the naturally talented athletes that I had, but they wanted to work. And they mm-hmm. were, coach, can you work with me before practice? Can you work with me? Can I come do some work on the weekends? And I would see them putting that work in. And I knew that they would catch up and then even supersede. In every single case, they passed the more talented people who were just satisfied with their natural mm-hmm. talents and abilities. And they settled into the norm. They didn't want to break to the highest level. And these people surpassed them. And some of them have gone on to be pro players around the world. But yeah, it's, it's that work ethic and and just, you know, not settling for the norm, but how can you create? How can you go to inner space and work on yourself? And so, like I said, I got to give you your flowers, man. Hats yeah, off to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, a, a part of that is like when I, when I look at the landscape of people that are creators, because everybody, keep, keep creating, first yeah. of all, I want you to say, but keep improving your creations. Right. And that's important to say because there are some people I see plateau. They get to a point, and this is you. Yeah. Right. And it, it went from here and I was just here and you're just riding out that way. Yeah. No. May your may your current level always be your lowest level mm. because they're always a higher level. Right. And when you have the growth mindset, you say, OK, I've gotten here, 
But guess where I'm about to be, mm-hmm. right? So now you don't look at the fact that, you know, all right, technology is constantly enhancing and changing, right? I can go to an AI and tell it to clip up everything, and then I can tell it to give me a rating on the virability of that particular clip. Mm-hmm. And then it would do it for every single social media channel that I have, whether mm-hmm. YouTube, TikTok, Reels, Instagram, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. First of all, what does that do? It saves me time. So yeah. now I have more time. Time is wealth. That means I have more money. That means I want to live longer, mm-hmm. right? Because now I can spend more time doing the things I want to do. That's right. So when I see AI, Right, I'm not thinking of it from a negative standpoint. I'm thinking of it from a positive standpoint. Mm-hmm. My mind doesn't really know how to constantly focus on the negatives. Right, right. I pattern my mind off the things that I want to do and mm-hmm. what I want to see. But I say that to say this: somebody who is doing content, you may be a thought leader, you may be a guru, you may be a street activist, you may be somebody who's in the mud. Mm-hmm. You don't like the camera, you don't like technology. Yeah. I don't give a damn what you like. Mm. See, if you want to create impact, you have to do what's necessary. Yep. And there's so many people, they want to demonize technology and social media. That's not the real this, that, or the third. No, it actually is. Yeah. Using your mind is always the real work. Exactly. Creating creative agency so that you can develop strategy so that you mm-hmm. can win this war by whatever means necessary. Any means necessary. When, when Malcolm X said it, he ain't just mean standing by the window with a right. gun looking out the blinds <laughs> waiting for the enemy to come kill him in his own home. Yeah. He meant utilizing all the resources, time, and energy that you have in order to change reality. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there's too many people, they be there comfortable with the tool. You become a comfort corrupt. Right. You develop this ideology in who you are and you don't want to continue to increase. And when you see somebody doing it a different way, yeah. oh, they ain't doing it like me. No, that ain't, that's soft. That's yeah. me. No, fool, what they doing is they figuring out that any means necessary. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to use technology, we're going to use AI, we're going to use blockchain. Yeah. If we got to, we use crypto, we'll use the enemy. We're going to use everything. Because we got to get to some freedom. Look, look, this is Billy Carson, a.k.a. Forbidden Knowledge. I want to see you on the highest level tour. We at low level, we at high level. We at low level, we at high level. Keys event. It's going to be amazing. Make sure you go to 19keys.com forward slash tour. And I just got done filming an amazing high-level conversation podcast with 19 Keys coming up very soon. Highest level tour is, you know, it's, it's a moment in, in history that we get to think about and relish in and be a part of. This is me proving my thought leadership. This is me implementing the ideas and reinvigorating the spirit that we're going to need to win the future right now. Brother right here is phenomenal because he took a skill set that he had, put himself and his family on. A skill set that he teaches many other people. Everybody can't teach training like my brother teaches. This is why you see him with the celebrities and why you see him with successful students. Not only that, if you're having a hard time, the brother actually shows you all the trades that he's making at 5,000 plus per day on. It's not one of them, oh, I'm going to tell you I can do it. It's one of those, I'm going to show you I can do it and you can do it right along with me. So if there's somebody that wants to fire their job, pick up a new skill, this is my brother to tap in the Honey Drip Network. Make sure y'all tap in. Y'all can get into the Discord for a low monthly and you can change your family trajectory just like that. Investing in about 2016, self-taught myself how to invest, became a millionaire before I left. Made my first six figures uh, when I was 21. Made my first half a million when I was 22. And made my first uh, million when I was 23. And then now I'm eight figures plus in business and investment. So, uh,
when I started building this Forbidden Knowledge brand and building the social media, which I started in 2011, I didn't start monetizing it until 2017. Yeah. I knew I had to build something first. But the first thing that happened was what we talked about earlier. You know, uh, people saw my face on the account probably around 2016, I think it was, when the first time they saw my face, or 2015, yeah. 16. And they said, a black man doesn't own this account. Mm. I said, so what do you mean? A black man can't drop knowledge, can't be intelligent, can't have information from all different aspects of reality? This must be a hacked account. That's, what, that's the original thing that yeah. I got. It was like, the account's hacked. Yeah. I said, no, I assure you, it's me. And then as they started to see me more and more, yeah. they had to accept it. Oh, this, it really is him. But then as I grew so fast, it became, how are you growing so fast? This whole thing must be all fake. This must be all fake followers, right? And I remember when Instagram came and cleaned all the accounts out. This is about maybe 2017, 18. They made an announcement. And people were saying, oh, his account's going to go to zero. My account kept growing and their accounts went down. <laughs> yeah. So the bots that they bought yeah. disappeared. And I try to tell people the reason why my, my account is growing because I understand one thing. Don't reinvent the wheel. These Fortune 500 companies have spent trillions of dollars collectively in marketing, hiring neuroscientists and Harkonnen's marketing firms to go out and find out how do you brand? How do you create something that sticks? How do you stick to people's brains consistently? How do you always make them think about you? I just went and copied what they already did. I took the wheel that's working perfectly from a Fortune 500 company. You call it the NWO. You can call it whatever you want. I took that same system and put it right over here in the conscious community and work that same exact technique. And that allowed me to expand and grow very rapidly. And I'm trying to tell people, there is good in everything. You've got to understand, how can you take, see, energy is energy. It's up to the holder of the energy whether you're going to use it for good or evil, just like the Jedi, right? You got the Empire and you, you got the Jedi's, you got them going head to head. But it's how do you use that energy? How do you take it and alchemically convert it for light or for darkness? When the Egyptian mystery schools first came out, in ancient Kemet, it was adept initiates only, hand-picked people that would come in. Yeshua was one of those people, a.k.a. Jesus. He was in the mystery schools early, as early as the age of 12. And so these are hand-picked people. As the mystery schools got kind of diverted and diluted over time and some of the big sages left or disappeared or passed away, those turned into secret societies. Mm -hmm. The knowledge then that was used for good, light, enlightenment, uh, wisdom and understanding and philosophy all then turned dark. Well, yeah, I mean, Illuminati means the enlightened one. Exactly. That's exactly what it means. So they took it. They had the power, but they had a choice. Do I use it for light or do I use it for darkness? It's always a decision because we're in a free will universe. Mm -hmm. You have the choice to use it for whatever you want. And so people understand that the choice is theirs, that the, 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 to use something for positivity or negativity. I chose to take something from the dark area Use it for light. I talked about earlier. Thoth the Atlantean, a.k.a. Tehuti, Jehudi from Africa. He's always depicted with the head of an ibis bird. That ibis bird with the long beak. That's a mask. That's, a, that's an archetype. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a metaphor. What it means is that bird, if you ever see an ibis bird feed, it, deep, it, it sticks its, deep, its beak deep into the mud to bring up sustenance. It's, 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 it's saying that he goes to darkness to bring darkness to light. Mm. And if you look at you know, all great sages of all time, all great teachers, they're always going into the darkness to bring darkness to light. Mm -hmm. uh, people say, well, why are you, you know, how come you, you, you taking, you doing Instagram lives in a Rolls Royce and, and you, you know, and how come you flying on private jets? And I, because that's going to get somebody's attention that mm -hmm. I want to get this knowledge. 
How come you drive it in this car? Well, because it's a tool. See, mm -hmm. I see nice things and luxuries as specific types of tools that draw attention that now I can grab somebody. You, you're doing this because you're smart? Yeah. Being smart and having knowledge is the new cool. Talking about that foolishness that the water cooler is garbage. That's, that's, that's the old cool. This is that's the, a fact. This is the new cool right now. I'm showing you, you can live a life of abundance. You can live the life you want and you can have nice things and you can still be smart and intelligent. Right. You can have everything. Right. But you can't do that unless you acquire it first. Mm -hmm. So I have to go and I go and acquire these nice things, these luxuries, what people call the luxuries of life. I bring heaven to earth for me, what I consider to be heaven. I don't want to. I work hard to keep these hands soft. OK, mm. I don't want no hard hands. I don't want hard feet. You know, I don't want to have to worry about sitting in the back of the airplane by the back toilet when it's time to get on the airplane. I want to be on a private. You saw my my pilot just called me a minute ago. Mm -hmm. I want to be on a private jet. I'm not hopping in the back of the plane. So these types of things I'm doing. But why? Because I understand that grabbing the consciousness of the masses sometimes takes these luxuries as tools. Now I got attention. Oh, the younger generation, they like to see this kind of stuff. They want to know, how'd you get that? Right. Well, let me sit down and talk to you for a minute. Let me show you how powerful you really are. Right. Let me show you how powerful yeah, your mind is. Yeah, cats from the hood don't want to hear nobody that ain't successful. You don't want to hear it. Because the, the whole idea, especially when you're in survival mode, you trying to grasp onto anything that you can aspire to be. Yeah. Right? So when somebody comes and they flash at something in front of your face, you say, I can get that. You mean you can help me on my situation? Yeah. Right? But if you come there and you look like them and you're trying to teach them something, come on, man, you're in the same condition I am. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what they gonna believe. And so you have to give them something aspirational. Yeah. Right? This is something that you can become. This is something that you can acquire. Exactly. Because who wants to work and then get nothing? Nothing. I can, I can look at most of the great scholars and men today, and here's the, the idea is that you have to sacrifice one or the other. And some lights... That's true. But the way things are set up today, because we have so many points of reference and, and resource, that if you have such a brilliant mind, all you have to do is figure out how to use it. That's it. So you can help the people 1,000%. Mm -hmm. The thing is, you haven't developed the skill sets towards wealth and resources. Mm -hmm. So when you develop one skill set, you believe it's the best thing to do, yeah. right? Because this is what you know how to do mostly. But, yeah, I can go out there and I can reach the people in the street. I can go door to door every single day. Mm -hmm. And if I recorded that or if I didn't record that, I would reach as many people. If I don't record, I'll reach as many people as I can yeah. on a door to door basis. Now, some people will say, bro, that's the most notable work on the planet Earth. They will praise my feet and kiss my toes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I say, well, you know, that if I record this, right, some people going to say I'm doing it for self-grandizing or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. But I'm going to reach more people. Yep. I'm going to inspire other people to do it. Yep. Right. So now I'm not just reaching the person that I knocked on the door. Now that person that is inspired by me creates a trickle effect. Mm -hmm. Now I'm reaching another thousand doors or maybe another million doors. Yep. Right. So but that person that's doing it door to door say, I'm doing this for the people I got to love. I don't want to do the social. Like, OK. But you're actually leaving out the greatest impact that you can have. Exactly. So instead of not utilizing the technologies, you're actually being lazy. Mm -hmm. Right. So I said, no, use what is a resource. Yeah. You can't be afraid of it. God gave us all things to have dominion and control and power over. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Not some things, all things we got dominion over. That's right. Right. So now we're going to use the social. Right. But then. Not only are we going to do it, we're going to figure out the best way. So I'm going to study the marketing. Mm -hmm. What is the best way to put it out there? How do I create a culture? 
I need my phrases. I need, I need when I put out content, I used to study the newspaper headlines and I would create headlines like the newspaper and I used to put them in the title. Mm -hmm. Before the whole meme culture and all of this stuff was even popular because yeah. I understood that the quickest way to get into somebody's feed, right, is not always disrupting it, get into the flow of it. Mm -hmm. So they're used to seeing important headline titles. So I yeah. used to put, I used to take the exact framework of the headlines and I yeah. would put the subject matter up there because I was designing with empathy. So okay. they ain't got to guess what it's about. They know yeah. exactly what it is. Uh -huh. I'm removing a, fra a phase, yeah. right, of the observation. Then I put the time, they time stamped it when it came out, mm -hmm. right? Then I'll put the headline title up here, who's in the video, right? And then sometimes I will take a clip of the best part of it and I'll put it at the front, Yeah. right? So therefore, I'm giving them a preview before they mm -hmm. watch the whole thing. I'm showing them the best part. Yeah. So now they have something to work up to. So I'm taking the full psychology of branding and marketing, mm -hmm. right? And I'm putting it into a small post. Now, yeah. you're not thinking about all that. Right. You're enjoying it. Right, because now you know exactly what it's about. Uh -huh. And this is why people now, when they create captions and titles, they put the title in there. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be scrolling. You can, oh, I know what this subject is yeah. about. I'm about to watch this. Exactly. Now, that small little framework, right, if you take that and you apply it in a business that is about good, yeah. now they can increase impact. Then you take that same good and you figure out, like, I still think DAOs are super underrated, decentralized yeah. autonomous organizations. Yeah. Because you can create these DAOs where all the people that want to be a part of the organization can now have ownership and shares mm -hmm. within it and vote based on their share percentage yeah. of their investment. And when we start thinking about these new ways of operating, we say, damn, but we in the future, man. Mm -hmm. So when I see people that don't operate like they're in the now, right, then they're in denial. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Nah, I want to. I want to. I want to always be at the forefront of the race. Mm -hmm. Science is always making advancements. Yeah. Right. So if you operating off the science from the '60s, <laughs> right? Yeah. Versus the science of the '70s, '80s, '90s, 2000s, 2023s, yeah. right? Then you're not operating off correct and superior knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you're not making superior moves. Yeah. And that's what's going to allow you to be dominated by somebody who does have updated information and yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Right? So, you know, because scientists are always disproving other scientists. Oh, nonstop. All day long. Yeah. Right? We look at stuff that's happening in astronomy. Oh, everything that we previously thought about black stars has now changed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everything? So they mean that, okay, so what you're telling me is previously you were just wrong. Wrong. So when does a lie get into science versus right. a theory? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the question. Well, they push theories as facts. Right. And that's not accurate. And we spread lies and we operate off those lies. Yeah. But some of those lies comes in a way that we do things. Yeah. So we watch an ancestor do things and we say, this is the best way. That's mm -hmm. a lie. Mm -hmm. You don't know it's a lie, yeah. but you thought it was the best instead of going through the scientific method, mm -hmm. hypothesizing, experimenting, right, and seeing if you get the best result and then exactly. trying it again, nah, we're not doing that. I'm just going to go off what was and say that this is the best way, and I'm going to tell everybody it's the best way. And when people come up with better ways, you understand me, I'm going to demonize them for not following my way. That's exactly what happens. And that's, you know, <clears throat> in the, me, hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. In the black community, we have this problem that we deal with, with this old buck-breaking mentality, where it's always we got to go head-to-head -head with the brother, or our brother or our sister. We got to go head-to-head -head because in times of slavery, they would always demonize us against each other and create this competition. The house Negro, the field Negro, 
or the buck fighting competition where you'd get bet on and you'd have to fight to the depths in some cases, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to make your master happy and to keep your ability, keep your right to just live uh, and things like that. And so, but this has been ingrained into us through the RNA from the father's bloodline. All these traumas and all this information through epigenetics has passed through 15 to 20 generations of us. And so I think that in the black community, a lot of us have to realize that we've got this programming code in our bodies from generations ago that needs to be rewritten. <clears throat> we need to use alchemy, going back to alchemy, we need to use alchemy to rewrite that DNA because what's happening is it's holding us back. Now we've got a situation where we're expanding. Like you say, we've got all access to all this stuff. We should be taken off like a rocket, but we still have, <clears throat> excuse me, we still have a little ways to go because we have to begin to work on our inner selves too. I think that things like positive affirmations, meditation, and positivity, thinking positive more. When a negative thought pops up against somebody in your surroundings that's that either you see on social media or in person or at the workplace or whatever, we should instantly check ourselves and say, why am I having this negative thought about this person? I don't mm. even really know this person like that. I'm only going by what I see here. Let me check myself. Let me get myself back under control. Let me think why, let me analyze why am I having this negative feeling? Is it me having this negative feeling? Is it something from the past that's making me have this negative feeling? I think we need to analyze these negative thoughts that we have about other people, especially within our own race, and stop and pause, and take a deep breath, and figure out why are we feeling like this? And realize, I think we realize most of the time, it's actually we're feeling like this for no reason at all. Mm -hmm. Just because something triggered, something triggered us and has us feeling like this and then acting on it. And, and so we have a lot of situations where we're, we're acting on these, um, these ancient emotions yeah. for no reason whatsoever. And you better get it together because the AI, hey, it Listen. got you down packed. It got a dossier with your file and it know exactly who you are. Yeah. You understand me? How to push your buttons and trigger you. Yep. And here's the thing. Countries have been impacting and doing this for, for decades. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Creating influences on the outcomes of elections because... They can benefit based on who becomes president, mm -hmm. right? And things of that nature. And you have to understand that you're being played. Yeah. Right? You're being played with and toyed with because they know you're not a master of self. Right? Exactly. And they understand how to control the dark side of the public. Yeah. Right? That side that's your desire innately. When you study Sigmund Freud, you're a Freud or Sigmund Freud, you understand me? Because he got his information from us, but he only used it to teach his people how to manipulate us. He started creating the propaganda, the marketing, and the branding machines, mm -hmm. and they started studying the neuropsychology of human beings yep. so that they can control you. Yep. Right? So, like, but now take that information and you plug it into an AI, the artificial intelligence knows these things too. So, when you say, hey, I want you to come up with a campaign like Edward Bernay would. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Order for people to buy my product, mm. it's going to say, take those same principles, and it's going to apply that, right? So now you want to say, okay, run that marketing campaign, mm -hmm. right? And create it. I need you to create the colors based on the color psychology, right? So that you can get into people's mind. Yep. And this, this, this artificial intelligence understands human intelligence so well, mm -hmm. all it's going to be doing is manipulating us, manipulating. It. And this has been doing this.
through the forms of what we know are algorithms, but mm-hmm. now it's going to get worse and worse. Yeah. And this is why understanding the codes of the mind and developing a super mind during this time is important because a regular mind won't survive. Right. Right. But so let me ask you about AI because we got to get into this. This is very important. You know, in the idea of the singularity, mm-hmm. right? Do you believe in the singularity? Um, well, I believe that there's a singularity can happen if we allow it to. Mm. I think that um, the future exists in superposition of itself. In other words, there's multiple future realities that can exist and that we can collapse whatever reality that we truly want as a, as a collective if we all get on the same page. I see that the AI, the way it's working and the way everything is going, it can go left or it can go right. And I think right now it's kind of really still in the middle. It hasn't gone left or all the way right yet because so many people are using it for good and so many people are still using it for darkness. But it's still so because of that, it balances back to the middle. Mm-hmm. But I really do think, in my personal opinion, that yes, it has the capability of putting a lot of people out of work. And the problem with that is these people without jobs, they still have bills to pay. But on mm-hmm. the flip side of that, I see that a lot of people are waking up. And like you talked about earlier, from the inside out, there's a lot of people waking up in, that are waking up in positions of power that are coming up and growing up now. Generations, younger generations of people that are getting into these companies and these corporations, even into military and everything else. And I, I want to be I'm optimistic, more of an optimistic thinker. I truly do believe in humanity, that we're going to make the right decisions eventually, that we are going to stumble and fall from time to time. But that we will we will come out smelling like roses on the other side. And I do believe that eventually, sometime in the future, AI will be utilized to take away the burden of man and allow man to be free like we were in the golden age in the time of Kemet. Yeah, I can see that. In the meantime, like you said, because we live in a a, a capital intense environment where we need money, right? Um, I've seen robots that's doing lashes, right? (laughs) You've seen robots doing lashes? They was doing lashes. The sister was sitting there getting them big old bad eyelashes done by the AI. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Yeah, I've seen some doing dental work. Yeah. Right? Wow. The robot sitting there. I don't want to be under no machine no. messing with my tooth. I'll be honest with you, not so, not so ever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I will say this, especially with the lashes, the brows, something, hey, <laughs> now they might not be as bad as some of y'all getting. You know what I'm saying? You sit there, let the AI make right. that face up. Because I ain't going to lie, women be, they be magicians with the face. I know. Well, you teach AI all them different looks, they'll be putting filters on faces. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is what it is, right? I don't, you know, the whole transhumanism era is upon us, yeah. right? Um, the fixation of, you know, enhancing man's, you know, digital capabilities and taking those digitals and making that physical and adding that onto itself. So we're going to see an, an advancement and bio, you know, medical solutions towards cognitive enhancement, yeah. right? We're already seeing the where they're making it legal for, of course, like mushrooms and other different drugs. And Mm -hmm. I believe they're doing that. So when they start playing around with all these different drugs that are cognitive enhancement, which they're going to need the shrooms. They're going Mm -hmm. to need the right, the psychedelics to be able to do that because of the particular properties that it has Mm -hmm. and how it can go in the brain and do certain things. Cures are going to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. Human beings are so uncertain about the future that they're slowing down in growth production, except when you go to Africa. You know what I'm saying? So Africa is going to have a big explosion of, 
you know, if, if Africa can become, you know, this society of skills and labor and, you know, they become big consumers of the world and producers of the world, then they can have the greatest economy at scale yeah. just based on sheer genius and population size. Right. But when we're talking about AI and what we're doing right now and human beings going through the great de-skilling and not having value within themselves because they've connected the value of who they are to their skill sets. Mm -hmm. So they identify themselves by those skill sets. Right. Now when they can't do that and they can't be the last tech and maybe they can't do the tattoos anymore because there's an AI tattoo machine, mm -hmm. right? They can't do those things that they thought were safe because now they got the models where they do the AI models. Yeah. It was this white guy that worked for, he has a, a model out right now, it was this black African girl, mm. right? And it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> how, are you, how are you creating artificial representation? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then companies are hiring them Right, for representation. But this is not hiring a black girl, this is hiring a white man. Yeah. You understand me? And his creation of a black woman. Right. And this is the way you all think you're going to advance representation. It's mind-boggling the things that we do as human yeah. beings, first yeah. of all. But it just shows you if we're willing to cut ourselves up on a table, mm -hmm. right, well, we can enhance the, the booty, we go enhance the breast, you go enhance... You, you know, you go get the cyst pack with the stomach and the, and the, and everything. Nobody wants to work anymore. You think that people not going to be putting them chips in themselves? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You think yeah. that if they came up with these different, like, people already do crack and heroin and drugs. You think they won't do drugs to enhance their brain? Oh, they're going to do that. You know what I'm sure. saying? You think that, like, my whole thing is I'm not for none of it. Mm -hmm. When I look at reality, I look at it from reality. Mm. Right? Where it's like, I know the human condition. Yeah. Right, they already got the. Come on, people still eat pork skin and potato chips. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have that much faith in everybody advancing. <laughs> people still smoke cigarettes and eat McDonald's. My faith in the whole human collective advancement I'm talking, I'm has been about 10, utterly I'm destroyed. Ten thousand years. Yeah, that's when the golden age is going to be. Yeah, it's going to take about, some time. We're about ten thousand years from a golden age. But if you look at the ancient text and you look at you know uh, the Anunnaki, they had a lot of this technology. Mm. They had this technology built into their bodies, built into their suits and their clothing that they wore. They had, you know, and now this kid at Harvard, this is about six years ago, he invented this device that just sits on the bone on the back of the ear and it's connected to Wi-Fi. So mm. when you ask him a question, he thinks about the question and it sends it to Google. Mm. Transintelligence. Transintelligence. Google gets the answer, sends it back to the bone in his ear so he can hear it in his head without... You hear nobody on the outside, only he can hear it. Right. Now he can regurgitate the answer, giving him godlike abilities, godlike knowledge, right? And that was before ChatGPT. Yeah. So now way before. Now he take that same thing and he got ChatGPT yeah. and he installed a plug in to create a voice of it right. and now it's telling them the answers. Yeah. Oh man, you'll think that man's smartest man. Ain't yeah. no more, uh, I forgot. No. No, you got everything at your fingertips. Yeah. Oh my god. And I honestly believe they had this in ancient times already. Mm. I believe this is something that's, that's ancient that existed a very, very long time ago. We're now rediscovering what already existed. In the ancient tablets, they had alluded to the fact of utilizing created beings. They were talking about, fa they said fashion. We're going to fashion some people. In other words, not fashion like clothing, but to create something from scratch. Mm -hmm. And one of the other uh, Anunnaki said, I think it was Enki, he said, no, there's an existing being here. We just add our essence to it. And they had an argument over why this would be done this way versus the other way. And they were like talking about these fashion beings as eventually not needing them anymore. In other words, AI, 
these beings that they would create would be, get to the point where they would realize they didn't need the Anunnaki anymore. They would supersede them. So I said, wow, we need to have a little bit more control. Let's just take these existing biological people and mess and tinker with them. This is what the tablets say. And so this, I think that this situation happened a long time ago. Mm. And here we are again, staring at it in the face like we're in a loop. We're looking at it again. This is another reason why I think the ancient tablets and ancient, ancient information is so important. Because we can then see what happened in the past. And we can make corrections, make adjustments to what's going on right now. So, all right. So, in the predictions of AI, right? So, AI, of course, in my recollection uh, or in my thesis, is successful like open AI because it has it's the first technology, I believe, in the history of the world that has been predicted, that has been uh, we're being um, indoctrinated into mm -hmm. for 50 years before it comes out. Yeah. Right. So it was a no brainer of people to use it. So mm -hmm. open AI just happens to be the first. They didn't have some genius marketing campaign or anything. Yeah. They said this is AI. Everybody used it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because everybody already knew about it. Yeah. Right. But then I think about this, that if human beings are specifically because, you know, like you said, we can collapse certain futures by stopping that collective thought process that produces it out. Mm -hmm. Or we can continue to create that future timeline by believing in it and everybody collectively adding into the fruition of their reality. Right. So if we know that AI has this possibility of overrunning us, mm -hmm. so called right, and you are designing it essentially with that thought in mind, you're actually designing it for that intent. So is AI ever over actually running you, mm -hmm. right? Or is it doing its designer's purpose and intent if you know the full extent of the possibilities that it can get to? Now, the only idea of when AI gets to a point that's uncontrollable, because in my thought process, this is the exact point of AI, right, is to so-called enslave human beings right. and go past a point where we can imagine, right, because this intelligence have gained such a high superiority that we can't even think of what AI might think of, mm -hmm. right? And so human beings are trying to create quantum, we're trying to create these leaps to where instead of us advancing and it takes us 10,000 years to get there, we will create a machine that is yeah. an extension of us that can take us there faster. Mm -hmm. So we're basically trying to take time and condense it and say, hey, can you do what the whole human collective would take 10,000 years? Can you get that done in five? Right. Right. So the question is, does are human beings at any other point actually losing control? Mm -hmm. Right. Or is this is the way that we go about, you know, to our singularity, which mm -hmm. I believe the human singularity, I think there's few. So we talk about the organic human singularity. Yeah. You know, really, it would be with the idea of God mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Right. That was the most advanced things in human beings. It got us through everything. Right. Right. We it was the greatest understanding that we can come to. Right. Yeah. When we start talking about God, whatever language you want to put it in. That to me was human beings really understanding the fabric that they make of. Mm -hmm. When they when we understood that we can take thoughts of our mind and bring them into reality, right. that's when we reached the highest point. Yeah. Because we haven't created a concept or idea or discovered anything higher than what we know is God. Mm -hmm. Now we have the artificial singularity where we're trying to create another God. Yeah. Right? Because that's all it is. So now we're going to a point where the singularity for human beings is when we created AI, mm -hmm. right? Because now we're at this point where we're creating something that's more advanced than us outside of self. 
So we want something that's better than trees. Mm -hmm. We want something that's better than our own biological makeup. Right. Right. We created nanotechnology to, to mimic the way enzymes work and cells work and all of these processes of the body. So we're working to create something based on the human design, better than the human design. And then it can show us something that humans can't design. Yeah. And then it's going to recreate itself. Yeah. Which is a big problem. That's Skynet. Skynet. When Skynet comes online, it's, 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 we're in trouble. And yeah, we get that's, to that point. That's the idea as well as releasing AI to the internet. Right. And, and here's the thing about this whole, like I see Italy allowed AI to happen again. You have to understand that when they took a pause on it, what did they tinker? Right? They have these shadow AIs where there are no limits on it. Mm. Essentially that... You can ask it to do anything, and it will do anything. You yeah. got to remember, you got an AI with a limit. So mm -hmm. they put a bias in there, yeah. right? They, they wanted to answer questions a certain way. You can mm -hmm. ask them questions about the Bible, about sex, about religion, ideology, about the military, about the government, yeah. about corporations. It will answer based on certain parameters. So yeah. it won't go outside those parameters mm -hmm. to say what, based on the, the mass collective intelligence of information that yeah. it would say if you ask that question and it answered truthfully. Right. So AI is not actually being truthful no, or not. accurate. Yeah. It's limited. Right. But imagine the people who have access to the AI that built it. They don't have access to a limited version. Yeah. They have access to the unlimited version. Yeah. So if they as AI come up with a plan to control all human beings for the next 100,000 years, mm -hmm. and they're constantly improving that model, yeah. right, and those ideas that AI tell it, mm -hmm. then, you understand, human beings, it can say, actually, give me a prediction model based on the rate of advancement and improvement that we're making with this AI and the way human beings are interfacing yeah. with it. I need you to project the scale of growth. Then I need you to tell me all of the questions that news media people may have. Then I need you to give me a thesis on how I can run my company, train my employees, create a culture, and all of these different things. Yeah. So you don't know if everything is being predicted out. Mm -hmm. You don't know if this conversation that we had was scripted by AI to say that, listen, when we do this, there's going to be all these conversations. The thought leaders of the world are going to yeah. be talking about it. This is how you deal with that. Mm -hmm. Right? Because remember... They don't have parameters. When yeah. you ask it to do something, they say, I can't help you with taking over the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But the masters of it don't have that built into their yeah. AI. It's the limit. The limiter has been released. Right. Just like if you have a car, it may have 220 on the dash, but you can only drive about right. 150. And you think financial institutions don't have this? Financial yeah. institutions been had this. Oh, yeah. Militaries have been had this, mm -hmm. right? So we're entering a phase where human beings are now getting information because people wanted to know about the aliens. These are the aliens. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? As far as like technological beings. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, I think we have a very interesting uh, fascination with aliens. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking to the to Brother Billy Carson, <laughs> right? And I mean it in a sense. When I yeah. look at creatures in the sea, yeah. those are aliens. Those are like aliens. Like, I look yeah. at them things. And every movie about aliens was created based on them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what they look like, the creatures of the sea, yeah. right? Or the bugs of the world, mm -hmm. right? That's what they built these alien things off of, even yeah. the features and capabilities. And it's like we don't really appreciate what's here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We don't appreciate what's in the sea, what's on the land, what's in the air. We don't even explore those. We don't even explore. There are thousands of millions of bugs and creatures. There's millions of yeah. species in the ocean yeah, if we see an alien that looks weird, right, yeah, it's going to yeah. be mind-boggling. Right. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. You know there's a million other species in the sea that's yeah. especially when you go deep down in the darkness, 
they look as crazy. So if an alien looks like that, you're going to be more mind boggled. Mm -hmm. Why? You haven't discovered this part. Right. So we have this thing where our worldview, right, of what we know, right, is the known world. Mm -hmm. And then anything outside of that is alien to us, which we associate as special, Mm -hmm. right? We wouldn't take the same quality as special because it's in Earth and in our orbit that uh, that's supposed to be down there. Right. Well, that's supposed to be up there. This right. there, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, no disrespect to the aliens. I don't really think they're that special. You know what I'm saying? Because no, not. we have so many things on Earth that I don't even know about. You know what I'm saying? That I haven't even studied. There's so much information on Earth that would take me lifetimes. Lifetimes. This planet is through. an oasis uh, orbiting on an outer arm in like the suburbs of the Milky Way galaxy. Mm. It's like a beacon of light for. Anyone looking for a place that has, you know, the most incredible life forms and ecology and everything else growing on it, this planet, when, it, when, when you scan this planet with light spectropathy, when you scan this planet with light spectropathy from a distance and you see the light coming off of Earth, if you was an alien race, you can then scan those light waves and you can find out all the elements that exist and how, many, how much population we have, the population density by analyzing the methane and everything else in the, in, in the light. The light gives all the information. And if you're light years away and you find this planet, you know this planet is abundant. It's a beacon of light. And we're here on the planet. I remember for about 20 years, I didn't go to the beach, and the beach was right around the corner from my house. And one day I said to myself, damn, I didn't, I'm not going to the beach, and I live by the beach. Yeah. And I was going through something in my life at the time, and I said, let me just go for a walk on the beach. And when I went for a walk on the beach, it just released something from me. Yeah. It became the most open, releasing feeling that I had in a long time. And I started doing these beach walking meditations. I would go to the beach every three or four days and walk five miles. And the beach had been there. That, that secret, that, that whole tranquility and that, that exposure to that divinity was right there all the, the whole time. I never paid attention to it because I grew up close to the beach. Right. And here we are on Earth. And that's why I spend most of my time now traveling the planet nonstop mm. because there's so much to see. Ah, you know what? So much to see. Right? Speaking of the beach analogy. So it's like we go our whole lives, right, because we're floating above the land because our feet don't touch mm-hmm. the sand. That we hold on to everything. Mm-hmm. And when I go into nature and we go into nature and you put your feet on the ground and you walk on the land, and you walk on the sand, you're giving it back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're allowing the earth to pull all that toxic energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And for the earth, it can use it. The yeah. earth needs everything. The earth mm-hmm. is made of all the minerals. So I say, yeah. hey, don't worry about it. I can use that. I can alchemize that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let me, why are you holding on to that? Let me strip you of that. Yeah. So when I walk on the sand and I walk on the beach, that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it to the earth to use it because yeah. I can't use it. I have too much of this built up in me. Right. Right, and it's, it's saying that, listen, I want to balance out your systems. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and I will take that from you so that now you can be whole again. Yeah. Right, because you're holding on too much of these thoughts or this energy or this feeling. Mm-hmm. And the earth said, give me that. I can actually use this and ingredients, transmute that and grow yep. flowers. Don't That's true. Don't worry about it. That's true. I got, I got, I got a way to use all of it. Mm-hmm. So it's... it's I think one of the most important things for human beings to do as a therapeutic tool is grounding. Yes. Right? And just taking walks into nature. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, all gangsters in the world need to go take a hike. Man, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, go walk on a beach. Yeah. You feel me? Go It'll sit down and peace. relax. Yeah. Like, 
we are in this constant state of fright or flight, especially if you're from the hood, man. You got so much anxiety and trauma. You have to get relaxation, you have to get calmness, and you have to get peace in life. Yeah. Otherwise, your nervous system is constantly activated and yeah. it never shuts off. Mm -hmm. And it's constantly telling you that there's an issue, there's a problem. But it's like, no, when you come from those environments, you got to give that trauma back. Yeah. Release it. Find a way to release it. That's right. the best thing you can do. Because when you come back, now you're whole to be able to deal with everything. Yeah. You understand me? Like, the power of nature is way more powerful than man. The ocean, oh. I don't oh, care man. who you think you are. I don't care how many muscles you got. Listen. How much money you got. How gangster you is. Yeah. How many bodies you drive. Yeah. <laughs> what political affiliation situation. Don't matter. Nothing. Ain't nobody can beat the ocean. No. Nobody. No. Nobody on this good green planet is going to step on the ocean and win. You mm -hmm. have to flow with the ocean. Yeah. The ocean teaches us so many lessons about life because life is like the ocean. When you mm -hmm. have emotions, you can't go against them. Right. That's when you drown in self. You have to flow with them. Oh, what's going on? I'm going to flow. Then once you learn how to go maneuver, now you can swim through them. Mm -hmm. Now you can dive in it. You can see what's down there. Like, mm -hmm. what's inside self? I'm deep diving. Right. Right? Then you can get to a point where you surfing over them. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care if the storm of emotions come. That's that positivity, man. I'm good. Yeah. You know that's, what I'm saying? That's an actual analogy that I use in my lecture, what you yeah. just said. The fact that when you're in the ocean, most people are standing in the ocean, in their ocean of life. Yeah. And the only time that they recognize the moment that they're actually in is when the wave crashes over them. Mm. Oh, it's this moment. Oh, this just happened. They're living in the past. Because there's a delay in between the time that the water crashes over you and the time you realize what just happened. But when you become a surfer on the ocean, that's when you're living closer to real time. Mm -hmm. We know that it takes the human brain up to seven seconds to process what happened before you even can perceive it. We know this through scientific experiments that they've sent connected people to computers and they've discovered that the person can detect the next image coming on the computer screen up to seven seconds in advance. Mm -hmm. And they've done this with all kind of different tests, with pressing buttons and all kind of things. And they realize, wow, this is a real thing. There's a delay going on. But what metaphysicists have done is they discovered that let's reconnect this person to the brain, to the EEG again. And let's now use a person on a higher frequency. And then guess what? That person's time differential is actually less. It could be one, two seconds closer to real time. So when you're surfing... That's when you're closer to the real-time knowledge. That's when you're able to navigate through the matrix and take a dive down and get your toe wet in the, in the matrix of life and come back up again and really play this game the way it's supposed to be played versus a person that's just standing there waiting for the next wave to crash over them. Mm -hmm. No, see, that's so powerful. You know, and and it's, it's something that I really want. You know, All people around the world going through something. People of all different colors, races, backgrounds, nationalities, yeah. ethnicities, and we try to cover it up with you know, our exterior fights, right? But it's the internal wars that matter the most, mm -hmm. right? Like my book, Self Wars, um, that I have coming out is all about spiritual and mental battles that we face, the mm. shadow battles of life and the tactics, tools, and strategies on how to overcome them. I love it. Because I've realized in my teaching of wealth and financial consciousness and technology and all of these different things, don't matter what I teach you if you're going through trauma. Yeah. If you go walk inside a mental hospital mm -hmm. and you give one of these people the secrets to 
you know, how to create the biggest business in the world. Yeah. I'm talking about you give them step by step how right. to put it together, how to crack the team, how to get the funding, how mm -hmm. to do the marketing, the branding, the product development, yeah. the R&D, everything. They can't do nothing with it. No. They're going to be there rambling, tripping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Scribbling it on paper, yelling it out because they don't have no control. Yeah. They have mental illness. They have mm -hmm. issues. They have demons. They have split personalities. They have yeah. things that they're seeing. They're trying to cope. They're emotionally numbing. Mm -hmm. That's how the world is. Yeah. The world is one big mental illness facility yeah. of various degrees. Mm -hmm. So people don't think that they have mental issues because they don't look at it as the polarized extreme of something that's diagnosed. Exactly. But the reality of it is this is exactly why you don't start from a clear place and just execute. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you will be like a machine. Yep. See, the thing about artificial intelligence, it don't have emotions. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it can think, then do. See, what we are is we think instead of going straight to it, where, oh, I feel this way, so we're diverting. Right. So instead, what would have taken us, you understand me, very short amount of time now, oh, I got insecurity here, oh, mm -hmm. I got an issue here, oh, I yeah. feel low here, oh, there's right. a problem here. So now it's so much harder, and then sometimes you get stuck in this emotion, this swing yeah. right here, you're not mm -hmm. even moving forward. Yeah. So that person that's making that little progress, they're finally getting there, but look at how much they had to go from here to here, then they finally get to that point. Mm -hmm. Versus... A person that has the emotional intelligence, they come from a place that's clear and healthy and unbound, mm -hmm. right? So now, bro, I want to get started. Yeah. And there's nothing. Maybe I get a little, oh, I'm back home. Yeah. I get a little, you know what? I got sidetracked a little bit. Again. Don't even worry about it. I'm focused. Yeah. So when you have the ability of fixed targetization, uh, uh, of fixed targeting rather, and you have one thought, one idea in the mind, and nothing around that matters, mm -hmm. nothing around that can you know, compromise, right. right? Your ability to focus and your ability to bring your reality to this point, mm -hmm. that's when you become one of the ones. That's it. That's exactly that's it. That's when you it on become one of the ones. That's what it takes. And if you ever look at a boxer, right, a really good boxer, you could tell a guy who's been trained to box because mm -hmm. he's not throwing these haymakers. Yeah. There, boom, it's yeah. straight. It's coming straight. Yeah. There's no, none of this winding up and I'm going to come... No, it's pom. You get hit. Before. You hit. You don't even know you were hit yet, right. but you were hit right. twice. What happened? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's when you. But see, that's what you're talking about. That direct route. That direct line. It's like that's when what you be, to Ryan Garcia. Oh man, didn't boy. Yeah. Listen, but that's how. That's what the kind of mentality you have to have to execute, especially in the time we're living in, when things are changing on the drop of a dime. Every minute, something is changing. Something is evolving. Something. And if you can't pivot and move like that and keep that straight line target. You're going to get lost, like you were saying, side to side, making no, sometimes going backwards. Right. I've seen a lot of people go backwards. People say to me, how have you been able to do this, 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 this? I said, man, because I got laser focus. Mm. I got, I'm not going to clubs. To cut I'm not it. hanging out. I'm not doing drugs and drinking. I'm not, you know, partying 24-7. I pick my spots to enjoy my life, but at the same time, I'm laser focused. I know I have a, a small window of opportunity. All right, because I don't want to be working forever. Right. And I want I not this small window. It's there, but windows open, but windows also close. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take advantage of this window while it's open. I'm not going to sit back and go, I still got time. I still got time. I still got time and play around with it and go side to side. I'm laser focused. I'm trying to build a legacy. And people need to understand when you focus on building a legacy, your daily abundance is guaranteed. Mm. You can't falter. You cannot have a lack of abundance when you focus on building legacy. It just can't, those two things don't go together. When you truly focus on building legacy, 
all the abundance, everything that you want, everything you need, everything, all your needs are all automatically going to be met. And so my thing is 15, 20 generations from now, that's what I'm working on. I'm not working on next week's paycheck. I'm not trying to figure out what's going to happen one year, three year, five year. I'm taking bigger plans. I look back at the ancient tablets and I saw that these beings were planning for all time. One of them, one of the tablets say, these are my plans for all time on the planet. I said, damn, <laughs> all time. I said, well, why? How come I'm not thinking like this? Right. Think about how that changes the way you plan, though. Yeah. Right. Like this is this is the this is the thing, right? So, all right, this is a key that people can use, right? So, if you are in survival mode, you may be planning just for the next five minutes, depending on how you live, and you can be in such frantic state. All you can think of is the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you can go further out. The better you feel, you can go from ten to an hour to twenty-four hours, and when you can start thinking about the next few days, the next week, the next month, right? The healthier you become with your projection yeah. of reality. So think about how healthy a person has to be in the state of consciousness you have to be in to say, I'm about to think about all time. All time. Right? So there are no immediate issues and problems no. that are of my concern. Right. None of these matter right now. All time. Mm-hmm. That means that I have to think from such a high perspective and vantage point. Yeah. Right? That I'm even projecting myself in this position to think like this. Mm-hmm. So now my thoughts is, is nothing about, you know, conquering weeks or days or months. Yeah. It's conquering eons. Eons. So now if everybody was to think about, people always ask you, you know, what you going to do in 10 years? Mm-hmm. That's, it's a recycled question. Right. So we just know to ask people that. What you going to do for all time? Mm. Like, just think about that question hitting yeah. you a little different. You're going to have to sit back and meditate. What you going to do for all time? <laughs> I got to sit back like Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? For all time, yeah. give me a second on that. Mm-hmm. It's going to take me a little minute. And that's yeah. the thing and the beauty of it is, is that a lot of people we're talking about, these weren't children. Right. These were grown, developed men who yeah. had a lot of time to think about all time, mm-hmm. right? And when you can go through, you see, this is the beauty of like life and our ages that we go through because we don't realize how we're wasting our best thinking years. Yeah, those you know, those ages between you know seven and twenty five, those are your best thinking years, yeah. right? To where you're supposed to be thinking about all time, mm-hmm. but see, the rat race, yeah. The world. Nah, think about your grades. Yeah. Think about your girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Now you got your parents divorced. Now you yeah. got the issues. Now you got politics. Yeah. Now you got college. You got to figure out debt. You got to figure out how you going to pay this. You don't have time to be thinking and developing these philosophies. Yeah. So where, and, and here's the thing as well. Everybody is not meant to be an all-time thinker. Mm-hmm. That's true. Say it, that again. Everybody's not meant to be an all-time thinker. Yeah. And all-time there was never millions of people who are great thinkers. No. Ever. No. So there's a lot of people who are going against self because they want the type of mind that they don't have. Right. Perhaps you can develop the weaknesses of your mind to get to a certain extent, but there's something else you're supposed to develop. Yeah. There are thinkers of this world. Mm-hmm. 
They're fillers of this world. Right. Some people think and they base their analytics on logic, right, and decision making. That's their greatness. Right. Those are the thinkers, the, the thoughts of the world. Thoughts was the first thought leader, if you will. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A thought leader. You feel me with the thoughts? Oh, yeah. Then you got people that's fulfilled. Those are the emotional. They lead the spiritual revolution. Mm -hmm. You got the visionaries, man. Yeah. Those are the ones that come up with the new ideas and inventions right. of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So you have different type of people. And when you don't know what category you're in, right, you may be a filler trying to think. Yeah. Right? That's not your job. Your greatest ability is your emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. right? And so your greatest ability is your intellectual intelligence, mm -hmm. You may be an organizer, yeah. right? You may be an action doer, right. right? You may be the thinker of the group, right? So it's like now the thinker got to do the organizing. It's taken away from his energy. Too much. Right? So no, I need you to think, mm -hmm. right? Because you're brilliant, right? This the visionary, though. You come right. up with what to think about. Right. Now the visionary come up with the thinking. Now when you got the visionary, then you do the thinking. Now once we finish the thinking, I need you to help organize this into steps. Right. Right. Once it's organized, here's the action taker. Yeah. You go out there and just get it done. Mm -hmm. Right. So now you have a system. Yeah. Right. And this is the way that leadership works amongst, you know, circles. When you have people within these tribal organizations to say, this is how we can go take over the ages. Right. The man who came up with the all time ideas was not the executor. No. And see, this oh, is no. where we get it wrong in society. This is why we don't appreciate people that are our thinkers. The philosophers, the thought leaders, they're actually not supposed to be the executors. Mm -hmm. No. We've developed in this day and age because it's evolutionary that we have to execute as well, mm -hmm. right? But it's kind of in conflict. Like, we just do the thinking, and somebody else does the executing for us. But when you learn how to build a business, that's what happens as well. Right. Right? You get the visionary. Elon Musk ain't sitting there building cars. No. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jeff Bezos ain't in the factory working. No. He's the thinker, the visionary. Exactly. He has somebody right next to him all the time that is organizing. Yep. Then that person has somebody that is all the time executing. Yep. So it's this roll down trickle effect. Mm -hmm. And when you can build an organization based on that particular system, now you can play your part and everybody else play their part. Exactly. But we want you to be like, bro, I ain't going to lie. You didn't help me think about the world in ways that nobody in my entire life has. But you ain't doing enough. <laughs> I know. That's what they say. Damn, I'm like, what so am I supposed to do? I did all that for you. Yeah. I did more for you than anybody in your life. Right. And you want me to do more. At some more. point in time, you got to do something. You got to do something. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, go do something. Bring it back to me. Listen, people tell me, you know, they see a lot of the charities that I do, a lot of the philanthropy that I do. Uh-huh. And to date, it's been over $12 million in philanthropy. Yeah. Well documented. Yeah, talk your talk. And, uh, you know, and people see me and they go, you should be doing this. You should be giving this to that. And, and I go, well, wait a minute. Have you have you checked out how much I've already given? And mm -hmm. now let me see your resume on how much you've actually given. Have you even given a sandwich to a homeless person? Yet? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this mentality that we have to break out of where the people that seem in their perspective, I don't have as much as the next person. So I shouldn't have to do anything. I should kick my feet up and watch the world burn and let them do everything because they look like they got it going on. That's the wrong mindset. Mm -mm. The mindset should be, how, how can I be of service to others? That's one mindset I never forgot mm -hmm. growing up from poverty till now is always how do I give back? How can I participate? How can I be a person that connects this one with that one too, so they can make this 
work. If there's a, 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 a geological disaster, if there's a, a people have contacted me that have been homeless. I had a family that lost their house, uh, a family of three kids and a mother, uh, husband and wife. And this was in Mexico. And I had all the evidence, all the information. Somebody else contact, connected me with them. And we helped buy them a new house to live in. I mean, their house is only like $10,000. But still, they mm-hmm. got a house. But these things that go on even behind the scenes that people will never even hear about. But it's the, the fact that we as leaders, and you told me about something today that you had an idea about. I'm not going to talk specifically what it is because that's for, for you to do. But see, we're always thinking, how yeah. can we give back? We're, you know, and this is, this is stuff that happens on top of what we do in, on the front. And, but people, I think, they get so caught up in uh, you know, the situation that they're in financially, a lot of their emotional traumas, and then they like what we've done. They feel like that, you know, a lot of times we've imparted a lot of wisdom and knowledge on them that they've grown from, but at the same time, they keep wanting us to do, to do all the work. And they, I right. think people have to understand, you've got to become a co-collaborator with right. us. You so exhaust all to participate. Your, you, you exhaust the gods of the universe, right. man. That's, that's what happens. You exhaust them yeah. because they have to do too much. Right. They have to do their job and yours. Right. Right. And you when you don't give appreciation, right, that destroys people's energy and willfulness as well. Yeah. Because the gift of giving back could just be appreciating what was given already. Mm-hmm. Right. To what thank you. You appreciated that now. Yeah. I'll re-energize to give more. Listen, and I'm glad you brought that up. Because that's what the Forbidden Conscious Awards is about. And obviously you've been nominated for the yes, Conscious sir. Awards. You've been nominated under the podcast category. Yeah. High level conversations. Uh, obviously is one of the greatest podcasts out right now, worldwide, globally. Yeah, all time. All time. You know what I'm saying? All time. I love it. All, you, know what, you know what they call themselves? They call themselves the Ordainers of Destiny. I love that name. Mm. The Ordainers of yeah. Destiny. That's what, they, that's what they call themselves. And yeah, so you've been nominated, and so you know, we're going to look forward to seeing you down at the Forbidden Conscious Awards July 30th this year. Uh, our, the mission is to give people their flowers while they're still alive. Not uh, something happened to song, so you heard what happened, and then yeah. you got a whole bunch of memes going up. No, yeah. we want to start. You're doing work. I'm doing work. We, you know, we want to start giving people recognition now, and then setting a bar also for people to be like, "Wow, you know what? I can get a little bit of recognition for the stuff I've been doing. Let me, let me bring my game up. Let me step my game up a little bit. Let me work a little bit harder. Not because I, you know, I want to get recognized, but because it feels nice to be for people to say thank you. Right. You know. The gratitude is, is a real powerful motivator for human beings. Gratitude is so massive. And so if we can bring the gratitude level up and get people to start feeling gratitude and give them something to shoot for, I think we'll see a lot more people doing acts of service to others. We at low level, we at high level. We at low level, we at high level. Coming to Oakland, it's different like going anywhere else on the planet Earth. But this is what made me right here. When you're from Oakland, or you're from the Bay Area, period, you got a different level of consciousness. For me, I'm all about taking this oath so that we get to the highest level because we only dangerous if we work together, together, together. If you control by what you see, you're low level. A high level observer controls what they see. I apply the meaning. We have to get to this point where we have complete autonomy and power. And most of the things that we do, we're being controlled by it, but you're just not thinking about it intentionally on a daily basis. We in Oakland, man. We in the home of the revolutionaries, right? We in the home of the Panthers. 
Freedom don't mean the same thing today. So we have to reconstruct the idea of freedom, justice, and equality in our daily mission. I'm 19 Keys, this Dame Dash. Lames trying to get in my circle like square pegs. Man, you boys couldn't walk in my shoes if we shared legs. I gotta understand it. I'm becoming too big of a star to share. We not dangerous, divided, divided. The highest level tour is, you know, it's, it's a moment in, in history that we get to think about and relish in and be a part of. This is me proving my thought leadership. This is me implementing the ideas and reinvigorating the spirit that we're going to need to win the future right now. I agree. I agree. That's that's creating a new culture yeah. and presenting a new foundation to stand on, right? Our culture is built on our own principles, values, and morals, so therefore we can't build anything good, yeah. right? And we don't really appreciate the fact that we're going to have to deconstruct some things, right, in order to reconstruct things better in this place. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about, you know, complete implosion, but it's about, you know, taking the worst parts of us and getting rid of those. Look at the foundation. Hip hop was built on, I believe, from a value standpoint, a good foundation. Yeah. Which means that you don't have to go uproot everything, which mm -hmm. is a good thing. Yeah. But what was built on top of that foundation, now we're starting to have issues, mm -hmm. right? Because the found the what's at the top here is not what the roots were, right? And so now we have to go back and say, okay, what is hip hop? What yeah. is rap? What is culture? Right? What is this thing that we all um, assume that we're a part of? Mm -hmm. Right? What does it mean? What are our standards? Yeah. And if we can recognize that, then we can rebuild culture from a community standpoint, from right. a philanthropy standpoint, from ideological standpoint. And now we have something that everybody can embrace. We don't have something that the parents and the world has to fight against because it's inherently good. Yeah. Right? And because we may not want to recognize our part that we play in our own self-destruction, mm -hmm. we come up with reasons and excuses why we should be absolved of our wrongdoing mm -hmm. instead of changing the wrongs that we're doing, mm -hmm. right? And this gives us the power to then decide what can happen for all times. Yeah. Because as long as we keep those principles, those orders, those rituals and rights in place, then nothing can come in and change the foundation of what this thing is. Right. So when we look at the ordainers of destiny, man, it's, it's about following those same principles that were given. If you come to your family and say, hey, you know, what we stand for is honor, mm -hmm. right? We stand for control over industry. Mm -hmm. We stand for setting a standard in the world and giving the vision and guidance to the people. Yeah. The way we do that is everybody in this circle, right? You all are blood by a... You are bound by blood oath to mm -hmm. be a part of and participate in this. Right. We have certain rituals that keep the mind affirming mm -hmm. these ideas, and everybody has to participate in these rituals to continue to affirm. Then you have to indoctrinate the next generation in these affirming rituals. Mm -hmm. And as long as we can keep these things going, as long as we're fighting with these principles and these tenets, then this lasts as yeah. a ship that can go through time. Mm -hmm. Right? So the thing is not the people. Right. The ship is the principles. It's mm -hmm. the ideas. Right. It's, it's what those people continue to carry on. And yep. that ship is timeless. Yep. So if another people 100 years later pick up that same ship, guess what? They just resurrected this entity mm -hmm. that was created. Yep. And this is a metaphysical power that any individual can have, but it's not for every individual to have. 
It is for specific individuals who were born for that purpose to be ordained as a destiny, yeah. to lead the next generation and the next wave of culture, industry, and enterprise, mm -hmm. right? Specifically for good, but those who have this power can use it however they want to. Exactly. So you have to understand what position that you are in. So it goes back to that whole thing. And that's the super mind is so self-aware and so appreciative of the position that they play. Mm -hmm. You, It's like I've seen the thing where... People take the DNA test and sometimes they don't like what they find. You have to accept who you are and accept what you find. It. It's you. It's delusional to want to be anything <laughs> other than what you already I are. I know. I know. And once you can accept who you are, then you can activate and be in your strength and your power. That's what I have done. If you go take, I don't care what test you do on me. Mm -hmm. You can do the Myers-Briggs. You can do cardiology. You can mm -hmm. do astronomy, astrology. Yeah. You can do design types, intelligence types. You can look at numerology. Whatever you come up with, you're going to mm -hmm. see I'm walking in my path according to my makeup. Yeah. Right? That's what I found out about myself. Mm -hmm. The highest levels of self-awareness. Yeah. That's what I'm developing. Because mm -hmm. I don't mind seeing the ugly. Yeah. I peel under there and be like, yeah. uh, I don't like that. But now that I'm aware, I can change that. Because of awareness. Yes. Awareness like, changes yes. things. Yes. You ain't got power over me. I got yeah, it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I create me. Mm -hmm. Right? And the creator that creates me, I can go back layers into myself and get to the ultimate seat of control and yeah. power versus the shells, the egos, the shadows, right. all the things that I built up mm -hmm. to protect myself or project to the world. I'm going back to the original seat. Right. You know what I'm saying? That which projects the ego so that we can... Protect myself. No, I control this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, a supermind knows that we are narcissistic or narcissistic to an extent. Mm -hmm. Everybody falls on a scale of narcissism. Right. Right? People think about the polarizing, manipulative narcissist. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. But everybody's self absorbed to an extent. That's true. And this self absorption says that this worldview, the world, it revolves around me. I'm the main character mm -hmm. in this world. Yeah. That's how we start to feel. Yeah. Not necessarily a negative thing whatsoever, because it's our way of relating to the world from our viewpoint, mm -hmm. right? We think we, we're so egotistical, we think the future is in front of us mm -hmm. because we look at it in relation to ourselves directionally. Right. Even if we turn, yeah. now it's left. <laughs> now turn, the future is right. Time ain't moving like that. No. Time don't care about your direction. No. Cares about your emotion. Yeah. That's different. Right? So we create time through our energy and our purpose. Right. Right? So we, we, we all do different things with our time. And when we enhance ourselves and we increase our languages and our expressions and our abilities, mm -hmm. now we have a different way to interpret time. We right. have a different way to interpret reality. Mm -hmm. And this is what we have to become evolved in evolving the different processes that we use to live yeah mathematically emotionally mm -hmm. spiritually physically yeah. whole biologically technologically right from an astral standpoint metaphysically like we have dimensions of ways that we can use and move about the world you go into eastern practice they move world differently. Mm -hmm. They believe in the Kijong, the energy that oh, yeah. exists that they can manipulate within reality. Mm -hmm. You go in different places, they believe on how they can take energy from the mind and that light can manipulate objects into reality. Yeah. Right? They, they think about all different things in a different manner. But if you're stuck in the Western Hemisphere of thought, mm -hmm. you can't even appreciate thought. That's yeah, limited. Because that's not Western. That's thought right. is not Western. No, it's not. Right? 
that's why we as human beings are limited based on the hemisphere mm-hmm. that we live in, right? Conditions a certain hemisphere of our brain. Yeah. The Western hemisphere conditions mm-hmm. the left side of the brain, yeah. steered more into the ego. In the Eastern, programs more of the outer body experience. Right. So we're not so subjective to our material plane, mm-hmm. right? We can have Eastern and Western, mm-hmm. right, perspectives, and that gives us a global perspective. Right. And then outside the global perspective, it gives us universal perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, you hit it on the head. And, you know, talking about Supermind, obviously we have, you know, this workshop coming up talking about Supermind codes. Yes, sir. And we're going to give out these special codes to people. And I'm going to drop one code. Okay. One actual code. I have about 100 codes that I want to bring to people so they can actually tap into their inner consciousness and, and their inner genius and learn how to hack the mind and, you know, create a reality that's better for them. Uh, and one of the biggest hacks that I have, and I'm going to give one away, is this actual formula that I came up with, right? And it's CT multiplied by A equals M. And that's mm. conscious thought multiplied by action equals manifestation. Mm. This is the actual code. This is a mathematical formula for consciousness and manifestation of things from conscious thought from the multidimensional platform into reality. And so we know that Everything starts on the multidimensional platform, right? Uh, if you want to think about even this watch that I have on, this watch was in Richard Mill's mind. He was thinking about it that? on the multidimensional platform. You want to take it off? <laughs> <laughs> it's about two houses. You them codes in <laughs> I'm wearing the code. And so this started off in his mind, right? He was thinking about it. We know now that the mind connects to 11 dimensions. I've been saying this for decades. And finally, last year only, did modern science finally actually say it and state it and put it in a scientific journal? So we know that the mind is connecting to 11 dimensions and the universe is 11 dimensions. So when you're thinking about something, it exists in multidimensional platform, the original platform. From there, it's broken down into what? A sketch. Multidimensional to 2D. Then it's put into a computer, it's still 2D, and it's analyzed in a computer-assisted design program. From there, it's given to an engineer. Now the engineer is going to take that multi-dimensional concept that was broken all the way down to 2D and he's going to turn it into a three-dimensional object that you can manipulate, put on your wrist, walk around, and everything else, right? So we know that everything exists in the entire third dimension based on that formula of manifestation because you have the conscious thought, multi-dimensional platform, then you have to have action. When you have the action, then you can create the manifestation of that action, which is the object. And everything exists in the third dimension based on that one formula. People think they don't have any power. They think that they can't make reality. They think they can't create anything. But if that was true, we would be walk, we'd, we'd walk around naked. There would be nothing here because we wouldn't have anything that, that exists. Human beings are literally manifesting everything from conscious thought 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. And so people need to understand how do you tap into that? How do you become aware that you have that power. Mm-hmm. And so this is what the Supermind Code Workshop is going to teach people. These Supermind Codes that exist that we need to understand and bring awareness to so we can execute on them. Mm. That brings me to a code. I want to go <laughs> give y'all a code. Since you dropped the codes, I'll give y'all a code. Uh, it's M equals PATV. Mm. That's mine equals potential awareness transformation vision. Mm. 
Right. So the potential, as you said, it is, you know, potential is the zero that you can put the one next to to give value. Mm -hmm. Right. And that means that, you know, we all have an infinite amount of potential. Right. It's a substance. It's a pool. Yeah. Right. But we can transform that potential into energy and we can turn that into whatever we want to be. I mm -hmm. started off as an infant. No, I started off as a as a little swimmer sperm, just potential. Right. And then as I grown and I became a aware of what that potential was. And this is the ability to understand the depths of that potential. Mm -hmm. Right. And how I can grasp my own power. Mm -hmm. Then I had the ability to start to transform myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And that transformation was based on the actions that I took. Right. That I didn't allow to limit myself. And this is where I started to form. Right. The basis of my vision, because now I can project myself deeper into the future to see more. And this is what my mind is. It's my potential mm -hmm. of what the mind can do. It's the awareness of what the mind is doing. It's the transformation, yeah. the action that I take to take the mind into that domain and mm -hmm. place from thoughts, right? The precept into turning that into a concept, mm -hmm. right? And it's the vision of being able to see the expansion of where all these things can go in the first place, mm -hmm. right? And so when I think about my mind, right, I'm always grading it from, all right, what's my potential? What can I get done? Yeah. All right, what am I aware of? Am I truly observing all of myself? Mm. All right, how am I going to get it done? How are we going to actually transform ourselves into this reality? Yeah. All right, what's your vision? Can you actually see it? Mm -hmm. Right? And when you start to go through those steps, you start to redevelop and reform your mind. Mm. So I can look at what my mind is currently right here based on what my current vision is, what I've transformed it into, mm -hmm. right? The awareness levels that I have and the potential that I believe about myself. Yeah. Those are my limits. Right. Your awareness, your potential truly are your limits. Right. It's what you really think is possible. Mm -hmm. And they're going to inform your vision. Right. So you're going to have an envision based on that awareness and say, OK, this is what I can think. Of. Even though our imaginations can literally come up with anything in the world, yeah. we still limit them. Yeah. Right. We still if you think about yourself, you're not going to think about how you were when you was a child. You flying around. You got superpowers. You yeah. got money. Yeah. You start limited based on your resources not based on your potential, mm -hmm. right? So that's where when you start to tap into that codes of the mind, you stop operating off the world, the issues, the problems, the emotions, trauma, drama, I ain't got time for that. I'm operating off these codes, mm. right? And this code informs me on what my mind can be yeah. because the domain of my mind is who I am. Right, right. That's powerful. I love it. That's two supermind codes. Yeah. You know, and so this workshop is going to be at the end of this month, actually, end of May. Yes, sir. And it's going to be a powerful workshop. Ooh, it's going to be heavy. It's going to be come heavy. away with some real solutions and how to tap into their own mind, access these codes, and execute something and make some changes in their life for themselves you know, and their family. I'm really ready to just like give away all my hacks right now. Yeah. I'm really ready to just kind of like give away all of my techniques and tools and kind of like secrets of the trade because yeah. I believe that if I give them away, I have to pick up new and better ones. Yeah. Right. And so it's going to force me to say, well, now the world has everything that yeah. can compete with you. <laughs> so now what are you going to do next? Yeah. So that's when I figure out what's my next level of potential. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I transform myself based on that division. And that's yeah. my new mind. Mm. And so even by giving away my codes, you, you still may be a little behind for me. You, know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> you may go further. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but. I, I always had that thought process. If you want to equalize the playing field, mm -hmm. you don't want a world of jealousy. Yeah. 
do like Elon Musk did. Mm -hmm. He gave away the code. Gave away he the made code, it open man. source. Open source it. He didn't create an electric company. He created an electric industry yeah. by giving other people the code so right. that they can compete with him so mm -hmm. they would not try to kill his business. Right. And try to squash or him and squash the electric industry business. Yeah. So this is what we're doing. We're right. giving away the codes. Yeah. Now we'll put you in business. Mm -hmm. So listen, man, first of all, I want to thank you for coming all the way up here, coming to see me and having this brilliant conversation. Yeah. Uh, it was much needed. I wanted to have a very sober conversation. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the, the lessons, the steps, the instructions, the education, the information, the technology, it's all out there waiting for you. Yeah. Right. But what's inside yourself is what's stopping you. It's the shadows. So you think you are, so you secretly are, so you privately are, so you publicly are. It's who you want to be, it's who you're not. It's your strengths, it's your weaknesses. It's customizing yourself to activate those parts of you that is the potential. It's destroying those parts of yourself that you think are small. And it's allowing you to really step into your shoulders, step into your chest, step into your voice, step into your eyes, your ears, into your senses. It's about really activating every part of yourself so you can be used as leverage in your own fight, in your own war in the world. Me, I use myself every single day. And if I can't use myself in that situation, I develop myself till I can be used in that situation. So that means I need to become better in all things, whether it's the small, simple things from reading, writing, arithmetic, because we have to start basic at the basic units of self-development. Because right now, some people are trying to go too far advanced and skip the steps. And you need to go back to those steps that you skip so that you can fill in those gaps. And this is why you may have an idea, but you can't actually complete it because you have gaps that is missing in the forming and development process of your mind. So when we're trying to get these microwavable results, they don't have the nutrition, the deficient of the substance needed to feed the human mind and spirit to make it capable of doing great things. Each one of us has a vast amount of potential that if we start to really unlock it, right, we start to really move forward. We change our attitude. We change our mood. We change our, the way that we think, the way that we live, the way that we vibrate, the frequency we exist on. We learn how to tap into those super mind codes. And then we stand up as confident. We don't walk outside and see the next man and what he has and get jealous. We're not envy of our mm. brothers and sisters. We don't hate each other. We operate from a place of love, not from a place of trauma. We only want to hear information that is value, not drama and gossip and distractions and issues. Right. So therefore, we're not being misused. We're not blind, deaf and dumb. And the best way to honor our ancestors is to love thyself. Because when you love yourself, you will treat yourself right and do the best things to reserve that love. So therefore, you can move forward in the spirit of abundance. I'm 19 Keys. Make sure y'all tap into the Supermind Codes. This has been your high-level conversation. Till next time with 19 Keys and Billy Carson. I'm 19 Keys and this is high-level conversation. Tap in with the guys. Every time that you listen to one of the conversations, you're going to gain something that you most likely wouldn't have received from any other platform on the planet Earth. Right. And I'm just being honest about that because, you know, when I talk to Billy Carson, he gets my mind going. Right. And it becomes this natural progression of this cipher to where, you know, it's like uh, chemistry. When you put two elements together, then they create something new. And I believe by himself, he's a powerhouse. By myself, I'm a powerhouse. But together, you know, we are atomic energy. 
And so I believe that that atomic connection that happens when you have two people who know themselves, who are well-versed and well-studied in their particular chosen fields and who are living within a path, when we come together, we make magic. And that magic is transferred to the people in a form of utility to where they can take this information and it allows them to think of the world in different ways, allow them to think of themselves in different ways, and it allows them to solve their problems in new, unique ways that they probably never thought about. In today's society, we have a situation where people want instantaneous gratification. They want instantaneous knowledge. Nobody wants to put in the work. And because we live in the information, the information age, we have a situation where there's a lot of content coming across everyone's eyes every single day. People have become something new. A new terminology has come out. It's called scrollers, right? So you have these people that scroll for hours and hours and hours, not liking anything. A lot of them not commenting, just scrolling and taking in information. And the problem with this is they're taking in too much information. We're not digesting what they've learned. If you're coming across high-level conversations, high-level knowledge, high-level information on a consistent basis, you have to take a break from that. You have to step back, take the information, and listen to it again several times. Write down the key words, the key phrases, then go dig deeper into it. Go on Amazon, look up books on those topics. Go on Google, see if you can find some online articles, some news clippings. See if there's an encyclopedia or something that you can gather some extra information from. Is there a place in there that was mentioned that you can actually travel to and experience it for yourself in real time? These are the things that people need to be doing. A lot of people want to get an entire university's worth of education on a one minute clip. You can't do that, okay? What you've seen when you see a one minute clip on social media is some of the best parts of a conversation that have been kind of just taped together and then put out there for you to capture, capture your attention, capture your, your, your interest in the topic or the subject. You have to say to yourself, wow, this is pretty amazing. This is interesting stuff. And then dig deeper. Instead of then taking that information and running around and regurgitating it as if you were the expert on it, also then sometimes even commenting negatively under it because this was left out or that was left out based on your understanding or perception of the information versus you actually even going and watching the full uh, podcast, lecture, or TV show, wherever that clip came from. So people in today's age really need to slow down. Everything is moving so rapid. They have, when it comes to information and knowledge, it's time to slow down, back up, take in something, sit back, meditate on it. Think about it, process it, let your brain wrap itself around it, and then go dig deeper into the topic if, you're, if you feel like you're passionate enough about it that you want to begin to regurgitate or talk about it to other people. Spend some time with it first. Don't just take it as information and run away with it thinking you're an expert on the topic, which is one of the problems we have today. You know, the whole idea of focusing on self is you have to live inside of self your whole entire life. You don't get to go anywhere else, right? We can study external things. We can study computer programming and engineers and plants and trees and water and grass and, you know, whatever in the world we want to become masters at. But you can never truly be masters of anything until you master yourself. Right. And so as we progress from a technological standpoint, if we don't aggress from self evolutionary standpoint, then there is no real true human progression. Human beings throughout time and eons truly remain the same from 1800s to 1700s. It's not much different if you took those brain scans of those average human beings and you put it under, you know, one of those machines, you won't see too much difference. 
but the depth of awareness that have come about through years of- About two years ago, I came, came up with the idea that we need an award ceremony for people in the conscious community. And the reason why I came up with this idea was because I was looking at Oscars, Emmys, Grammys, MTV Awards, BET Awards, all these big award ceremony shows. And I realized that they recognize one another. You know, they actually give each other credibility by saying, hey, you did a great job with this and you deserve to be recognized for it. And I realized when I pivoted on that and looked at our community, we didn't really have that. Yes, there's been awards that have been giving out from time to time randomly at specific conferences or special talks, but no specific award ceremony where the whole thing is strictly just about recognizing people in various different categories. And I said to myself, I need to be, be the one to create that. I need to set the bar. We need to be able to uh, you know, give ourselves our own credibility. We're not going to sit here and wait for somebody to come and give us credibility. That's the victim mindset. How come they haven't contacted us? How come nobody's going to create this for us? No, we were sent here to save ourselves. And I truly believe that. So my job and my mission is to create the reality I want. And by doing that, I said, hey, let's create an award show, the Forbidden Conscious Awards, the first ever of its kind. And there'll be one every single year. This is the first annual July 30th, 2023 this year. And I wanted all categories, podcast, radio host, archaeology, space anomaly, hunter, uh, social media influencer. Nobody gets an award for influencing on social media in a positive way. Philanthropy, various different, er ver sorry, various different areas of consciousness that I want to be able to recognize in this award show. And so we have this award show and it's going to be amazing. And I also want to make sure it was able to compete with the Emmys, the Grammys, the Oscars and everything else. So it's 10 star. It's at one of the most amazing venues that exists on the planet, the Adrian R. Center for Performing Arts in Miami, Florida. To me, it rivals the Sydney Opera House, and I've been to both. Uh, and when you walk in the venue, it takes your breath away. It's a red carpet event, black tie. It'll be interviews on a red carpet, a pre-event mixer. There'll be entertainment, you know, Havoc from Mob Deep, Donnie Arcade. I'll be performing that night as well. Don't forget, I've been on Billboard too. Uh, and we'll have... Um, uh, another artist named Kambada, he'll be opening up. And then we have Chris Spencer, who's actually hosted MTV Awards and BET Awards and Oscars and Grammys and written for those award shows as well. So we got the right man for the job actually hosting this actual award show. So it's going to be an amazing event, 11 amazing categories and one twelfth Lifetime Achievement Award that's going to be given out as well. And I'm also going to be speaking at the event. So I just wanted to take you know, be practice what I preach. Be the person that creates the change. You always say, you know, you hear, you hear that terminology, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, I wanted to see I want to be that change because I saw the need for the award ceremony. And I thought that it would set the bar and give people something to look up to. In other words, people that are already out there grinding and trying to create a name for themselves in this community to say, wow, maybe one day I can get recognized for what I'm doing and come up there and get a beautiful award like that. It's about, it's about expressing gratitude, which is one of the most amazing things you can express with someone, actual gratitude, and then to see their expression and their emotion for them being recognized for what, what I call this, you know, life, blood, sweat, and tear work. We literally, uh, in this community, we give a lot more than people can even realize. The average person can't do what we do. There's just, you just can't do it. And it's because we've dedicated a lifetime to this information, to this knowledge, to this teaching, to whatever it is that people are doing out there. And a lot of the times invested more than our life savings into it. 
And so people deserve, in my opinion, to be awarded for what they've been doing because they've been helping to change lives, creating a better future on this planet, altering future realities in the third dimension. And that's what's been going on. And that's why I created the Forbidden Conscious Awards. Different psychological developments in our understanding of man and woman, right? And not only that, the spiritual developments that we have an innate understanding of who we are, that's what allow human beings to grow. We understand our soul. We know our spirit is. We know what our purpose is. We know what our design is. And the more depth that we can ask the questions to go inside of self to understand our own cycles, patterns, rhythms, habits, now we start to develop ourselves from a unique and powerful place versus, oh, I'm so worried about the world. Don't worry about the world. All you have to do is focus on developing yourself. So regardless of what the world is doing, your world inside is not bad. Right. So as long as I have a good inner worldview, the outer worldview doesn't matter. If you take a man and uh, you walk him into a room of a thousand mirrors. Right. And imagine in each mirror, he sees a different side of himself, a different personality or reflection. And each one of those reflections as he look in the mirror represents a different emotion, a different experience, right? That split, you know, his personalities all up. Every time we go through these experiences, we get split up, right? When you go in there, we're making a decision from one of those personalities, right? Maybe this is your business side. Maybe this is a part of your side that's confident. Maybe this is a part of yourself that's cocky. Maybe this is a part of yourself that's humble. Maybe this is the egotistical. Maybe this is the researcher. Every experience that we have is splitting us into these different individuals. Right now, the one that we give the most power to, the one that we spend the most time with, that's the one that grows. That is the one that becomes the most powerful. And we usually internalize that self and it makes a decision for the rest of us. Right. So inside of us, we have the ability to develop ourselves, but we have to constantly think about our experiences, constantly think about our emotions so that we can know ourselves. Right. So that we can self-identify and observe the part of us that is making the decisions for our life. And therefore, we can reconfigure that part of ourselves to say, wait a minute, I don't want you making a decision. I want my thinking mind because my emotional mind right now is doing it. And when you start to develop these tactics and these techniques to where you're going deep inside yourself, you're working on your shadow self, you're working on your light self. Now you have the ability to be truly a master of the universe, that universe within yourself. Right. And when you master self, right, then you can master everything else from a physics level, from an astronomy level. To me, there's no difference between the cell and the planet. These are just microorganisms of the macro. Right. And so when we understand one thing very well, right, when we understand that a thousand percent, we understand everything because everything is connected. So understanding ourself is the understanding of everything. And I truly believe that. This is Billy Carson, a.k.a. Forbidden Knowledge. I want to see you on the highest level tour. It's going to be amazing. Make sure you go to 19keys.com forward slash tour. And I just got done filming an amazing high-level conversation podcast with 19 Keys coming up very soon.
about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.